0: Thank you. right so
1: not too it is shabby out in the
2: wild now. it is out in the wild now that's a that's a quick little teaser um if you um if you want to download the demo there's a link in that youtube video description to our newsletter if you sign up to the newsletter you'll get an automatic reply back that's got a download link to download the game there's a manual in there there's a big 8k map of the zone that that is set in a little bit of lore and everything else for y'all. Um, and, and if you like Easter eggs, I would say that's where you'll spend the most amount of time. I was talking to these guys a little bit before the show. If you just play through the main storyline, it's like a 20, 25-minute demo. Um, but if you dig into all the Easter eggs, you can get a good 40 minutes out of it.
1: Welcome to the party we are looking for more of your podcast for all things gaming with a focus on MMOs RPGs game development and gaming culture. I'm your host Phoenix also known as Samorg. I'm joined today by our returning party members. Let's so welcome back Renfell. Also welcome back the sorry the Nathan <laughs> Napalm. Oh my gosh, I just realized they're muted. Sorry guys, you get their silent intros. Another uh-huh. another reason you just got to be here live, right? Because some things you just can't appreciate fully unless you get the visual, too, because then you'd see my expression as I'm sitting here realizing I see them talking and I don't hear anything because I had them on mute. Oops. Gentlemen, welcome in. Seriously. Today's going to be a good show. Ooh. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Yes. We have some things to show off to talk about. If you're here watching live, and this is why I do recommend watching live, there's certain things you just don't get to see unless you're here to visually see it in the moment to interact with us live. So definitely encourage you all to be here if you can be. Uh, but before we dig in today, do have a give a big shout out to all of you Imperial Flames, which are the supporters here on Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. Thank you so much for keeping the parties, bags, packed. Provision stock for all of our adventures here on the show and i think some other adventures off the show here real soon um look mm-hmm. you want to leave a, a comment let us know how we're doing it'd be greatly appreciated over on itunes specifically well where can i find that sim we'll go over to the uh twitter our twitter we have a show twitter at the lfm show go to there, pin to the top of the profile on the feed you'll see the pin post with all of the uh different places you can listen to or watch the show so you can go there, go to the iTunes link, click on it, give us a five-star review, leave us a comment. And if you do, be greatly appreciated, and we'll read it here on the show. Speaking of stuff we can share on the show, you can also call into one five three nine-six six four six-eight zero one, leave a voice message for us, and we'll play here on the show, assuming it's appropriate. And you can leave us a mail at the LFM show over at gmail.com and the, uh, and the, uh you know, grunt out there in the field will get it to us at some point in time. See Ren fell laughing. I'll, I'll get you like it
2: has, has anybody ever actually <laughs> sent in like a really inappropriate um, one that, that you had to just like, I can't do that. Like, um,
1: so, believe it or not this show hasn't actually gotten a call in yet we've gotten ratings and stuff like that but i think people are a little scared this is where i'm going to tell you that you need to grab yourself by your nostalgia balls and party up and do it let us know how we're doing but you know actually no i did get one for the uh sister show which is the ashes Pathfinder podcast by PM sundays here on the channel 5 p.m. CDT. Um, anyway, it's uh, a <laughs> we did get one there. I was like, I'm not really sure, but we'll go with it. It was borderline. I was like, I mean, it kind of insinuates something, but it kind of also doesn't. So I'll just let the audience decide how they want to interpret it. But we played it. It was cool. It was a good time. Um, and uh, look, man, we are gonna nerd the out today, y'all. We are. We really are. Um, yeah. I, I have some things to share and to show off. We're going to talk about things getting a little spooky. It's that time of year we're yeah, coming up sure
0: on. Ooh.
1: Sims favorite. My most favorite time of the year. Mm-hmm. Here it really is. It's the spooky time. I like the scary shit. And like, you know, and the like pumpkins. I love carved pumpkins, man. There's a certain place in my heart where a, a, a well carved jack-o'-lantern, like traditional, just simple, Good old, you know, kid card that doesn't look perfect. You know what I mean? Sitting around a campfire in the middle of fall with the leaves rustling in the background. And you got a little pit fire going in your backyard. And you're chilling out. You're having a brewski, right? You're maybe grilling. You're chilling with your family, your friends, or whatever. You're carving up a jack-o'-lantern. You throw a candle in that thing. You throw it on the front porch and call it good. That's a good time. This is my favorite time of the year in reflection I realize if I move away, it won't be this time of year anymore for me. And uh, a little bit in the inside, of her The tricky so part much. about where I live, too, yeah,
2: because um, <laughs> and I think I mentioned this before. We have a it doesn't we don't really have seasons here so much in New Mexico City right. because it's year it's year round. The high is the highs are about eighty five, and the lows are about fifty five in only in like december january. So most of the year, I mean just now the leaves are just now starting to slightly change color and mm-hmm. but they don't really ever do the hard color change and then fall off. So it's I really miss out on that um that aspect of mm-hmm. fall because I love it as well, especially growing up in Missouri. You, you get the fall foliage and color changes and I've been you know, like visit Missouri social media page for the tourism board is sharing mm-hmm. all sorts of screenshots and my brother my sister in law took the kids to the pumpkin patch and I'm like,
0: it's not fair.
1: It's not fair. It doesn't feel right.
2: Uh Nathan. The closest I can get is get some yeah. pumpkin, pumpkin canned spice. pumpkin and make a pumpkin pie.
1: Pumpkin everything this time of year. Honestly, I don't get oh, on yeah. the bandwagon, but I I do I like do love pumpkin. <sighs> pumpkin tastes good any time of the year, let's be real. Like it
2: does. <sighs> In Mexico, mm. they do this thing where they'll take just they'll take the pumpkin and you take mm-hmm. all the seeds out and you break it up or you carve it up into so you just break it open like you know like that basically, and then you take the slices and I cannot remember the name of it, but it's like a cane sugar and it comes in a cone and basically you melt that down and then cover the pumpkin with it and stick it in the oven mm. and it comes out this caramelized like pumpkin-y delicious thing hmm. and it's still got the rind on it but you don't eat the rind you just basically hmm. can peel the meat off, off with your teeth just and suck it off the bone almost but it's the it's the rind it's so good. interesting
0: okay That's,
2: that sounds really I'll have, good i'll have to see if my when my wife gets back oh, and okay. she'll do that for the Lotro cooking show cuz uh, it's
1: yeah that would be good actually that would be a great idea cuz in my abundant spare time i'd love to just go yeah every now and again cooking is something that is very therapeutic for me it's like i get in the zone man and it's like it's it's like similar to like you know i mean believe it or not like you know back in the day my, my younger years i used to like taking like a pocket knife and just like carving some wood or you know like there's something very like just it's very very satisfying to working with my working with my hands and like You know, like art, I think when I think of like the tangible medium, that I tend to use like charcoal on paper. It's a very delicate process, but man, like you, you guys have actually seen some of the stuff I've done before. Like it's, you know, it could be very detailed, but it's like one mistake can ruin the whole thing, at least for my perfectionism, it can. So, you know, it's but when you get done, your hands are like dirty and you're all charcoaly and messy and but you know once you coat it and you seal it it's like oh man there it is i i captured this you know moment it's a satisfying feeling Yeah. yeah yeah and it's like the same when you taste food like you know i cooked this i i created this i crafted this whatever it's a very satisfying experience and speaking of crafting brewing cooking creating um how's uh how's your week been gentlemen any anything to share Nathan, I know I saw you in a particular image that I believe is also mm-hmm. on social media.
2: Yeah. It's, yep. it's on Twitter, people. You go, y'all need to check mm-hmm. that shit out.
1: Yes, I need to find okay, I'm going to find it and I'm going to link it. Yeah. yeah What's, um, so, uh-huh. You want so to share a little bit
2: about
3: the, that? We got Get the backstory. D&D show coming, mm-hmm. you know, where uh, me, Renfell and uh, Sim and uh, some other folks um, are going to be playing some D&D. Uh, it's going to mm-hmm. be super awesome. It's going to be live uh, and then we're going to probably make breakaway content off of the things that happen, et cetera. So it's a pretty big deal for us. Uh, I'm I'm like super excited about it. Uh, this is uh, yes. probably uh, the most exciting thing in the immediate future for me. So uh, anyway, we want to – we're not requiring everybody to do it, but we're going to – most of us are going to uh, – got some little bit of cosplay. Yeah. So we can role-play our characters and really get in the mood and really play D&D uh, 100% the way – uh, we enjoy it so i got a costume um and i'll be honest with you i got it and, and i ordered it end up ordering it and i got it and pulled it out of the package and was like oh god this looks really stupid um i wasn't <laughs> impressed and but then when i put it on my wife took the picture i was like oh it looks good on camera which yeah, is all i looks, really care about it does know. look good so that, dude it actually really does yeah, I certainly wouldn't like go to a convention wearing it. Right. But on <laughs> camera, it looks pretty good. So uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited.
1: That's what matters, man. I showed you guys like I was, I have been looking. Okay. So I've been pretty excited about the, just to learn, to really learn how to do this, like to do this D and D adventure. But man, I'm telling you, I've like been getting really into it. I'm like, man, I really want to, you know, cause I was like talking like last time we were saying how we were going to like start off and like sort of have this element to this journey of progression where we kind of gear up and maybe like i'm gonna try to make it to where i start out like i don't really have a whole lot man like my character i want him to just be like kind of bare bones he's he's a he's a almost like an adventurous sort of guy who's like you know he's got his oath and i'm not gonna spoil anything here but i've been looking for stuff that would be the right fit because i'm not gonna i started a campaign a DD campaign and be like check me decked out in this legendary artifact gear that i found i don't know before i arrived like i didn't want to do that i wanted it to seem like kind of realistic so i was looking around and i was i'm very picky and I, I knew in my head what i wanted it to look like right crusader-esque sort of right because to me that's like the base paladin style like Take all that Crusader stuff out of it. People got a work problem with that word. Sometimes it's like, you know, don't be super serious about it. We're RP, for fuck's sakes. Like, yeah, right. But anyway, I found this mail, which I was went shopping for. Yeah, that's right. You guys are going like, nice. oh my God. So I got the mail. I got the the one piece that I was looking for. And I showed off the eyes that I'm going to probably rock. And then I found another thing, which is going to be completely. And I'm going to get that and I'm going to customize it. I want to customize yeah. that i don't i want to take off there's like a cross in the front i want to change that it's got these little things i want to change that some customized sort of like you know thing i'm doing and be like ah you know so i'm gonna do a little bit of like fabrication i think with it to try to modify some of it give it a little bit of a different appearance and then i'm pretty stoked dude i'm finding myself getting really in this immersive mindset with it all
2: it's- Just wait, because Uh, when we actually start diving into like the player's handbook and we actually go through character creation, you're going to start reading the backgrounds and reading about the various types of paladins there are and the different deities that you can worship and the types of, you know, the the, the things that you can customize and that will help your role play expand based upon those ideas as well, Um, since what we're working with is within the Forgotten Realms universe and they have mm -hmm. a, you know, they've got 30 some years of you know lore building of creating all these really cool backgrounds and deities and specialty you know s- not subclasses per se but but subtypes of paladins that you can choose from it's 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 just wait just wait I'm yeah stoked. and I tell you something else
3: too I, um after we play this a little bit um you know and we'll be we'll be deep into it uh, by the time this happens uh and then Baldur's Gate 3 comes out
1: Oh, you haven't man. played it yet,
3: right, Sam? You're waiting for the full release, right? I I want to. I
1: did play it, it, but I was like, I'm gonna kind of because here's yeah because i don't want to i don't want to like completely be like oh i know everything in the dialogue all the way up until here yeah i tell you i did it once and i was like i'm just gonna chill a little bit i'm gonna chill the
3: more
2: you know about D, &D, the more respectable that game is yes exactly and and i have not touched the most recent the last one i played was when they introduced the druid which was patch three i think i didn't touch this new one all i saw was screenshots and video snippets of the new underdark area and i just went nerdgasm and i was like i'm not going to touch it i am not going to download it because i've i've played something like 60 or 70 hours when i first got it in between that and the druid launch and i was like that's enough i don't i don't need to spoil anything else because that for me just getting like 60 70 hours out of the first part of the game and knowing that they're building a game that is Mm. way bigger than that i'm just like in awe of what they're doing with the, the franchise and the, the Forgotten Realms war and everything. It's, it's going to be so good. It's yeah. Awesome.
3: And I'm at 123. I just looked because I wasn't sure. 123.3 hours. Like, oh so I'm just like, you That's know what? Double. That's double I, have, I have absolutely just demolished. Excuse this me. I'm just gonna, you know, Hold you know, on. I'm the freaking first act of Baldur's Gate 3 because, dude, every time I played, I'm finding something new or, Wait, or,
1: something,
3: no. or something random oh. happens. So I'm like, I didn't even know this was in the game. Right. You
1: know? I just need to, I just need to hear that again. What level?
3: hundred and twenty three point three hours, bro. What the fuck? What the fuck, dude? In a demo, <laughs> what? That, that's how big.
2: But you gotta I understand, it. Dude. That's, that's how big shit. they're making this game. It, that's
3: how, dude, big. dude. You can easily, if you like, are like that type, or you want to see everything, you want to read everything, and yeah. all that. One playthrough, honestly, can be fifty hours. Like it really can. Oh my the back God. one, if you're really like exploring, trying to find stuff, and it's uh, to imagine that it's five X, right? Is that right? I, think I don't remember like how many
2: acts that. they've said.
3: Um, I think it's five, and it's like, dude,
2: wow, what?
3: Dude. Like this is going to be the n- most nutso thing ever come out. Like it really is. No,
1: you're not so dude. Because what level are you
0: going to be by the time you get to that five acts, dude? <laughs> like, well,
1: no,
3: no. So, so for one thing, it resets every time they do a major patch, right? Okay, and cool. also you can only get—I don't remember now. It's geez. been a while.
2: Because I've left five or six,
3: five or six. Yeah, as, as high as you can go. And they're even saying they don't think they're going to even have the game. Uh, go like the full game because it takes a long time to level up in D, right yeah. so it probably will only go to 10 maybe 20 but they're still like teetering like do we want to let people get that that powered up maybe in an expansion or something yeah because right? that's so. the thing
2: you have to think about with dnd is that um once yeah. you, level 10 you're a badass like yeah. you are like the ultimate level of hero at level 10 level 20 is godlike so you know, by the time you, if you're gonna push your campaign to that level, you get into, you know, characters having like seven ninth level spells, you know, and and you just decimate whole armies of, yeah. of it, and it becomes, I, I find it, I, I find those campaigns to be not that fun because it takes the danger out of it, and now it's just mass slaughter and stuff yeah, yeah.
3: Be- because like with the, the the leveling feeling more like D and Baldur's gate 3 so far there's a scene not no spoilers there's a scene where a dragon no big surprise it's a dungeons and dragons game. Right? there's a dragon and dude you're scared like you're about to crap your pants like a dude they're you know like i'm level three and there's a freaking dragon like i know i stand no chance and uh, you know, it's it's super intense, and you just can't get that if people can grind and freaking get to so twenty. So
1: right I've got to ask, man. Like, so let's say that hypothetically we we all adventure together long enough to get to that crazy max level, godlike. Okay. Let's say hypothetically we get there, right? My question then is, like, you could go take on some pretty crazy shit that's still going to be challenging, right?
2: you yeah there's the outer planes right, and there's god there's deities and Ooh. there's a whole bunch of stuff you've yeah that you can get into. really mind
3: flare oh, yes yeah. yeah, so most cool. most most campaigns like wrap up usually around roughly level five or so yeah. um usually that's about where it, you know it, of course it's D, so anything goes and a dm could make any decision they want but um s- there are a group of people who really enjoy that high level content um but you'd be surprised. It's a very small yeah. group of people. Usually people really enjoy that low level one to five. And so all the campaigns for fifth edition really have revolved around make a new character and it gets you to level six or something, you know, like um, because that's where most of the people have found mm. the most fun. It's so it's it's a it's just so different D&D versus, uh, you know, a standard RPG on a computer or something. It's just, a you know, it's hard to grasp if you've not played it. You know what I mean? It feels awkward. But I remember the first time somebody was explaining to me, like, dude, max level in D&D is not as fun as you think it is, right? Like, what we're doing now is the fun, you know?
1: Yeah, I was, like, kind of thinking about some of this. And, you know, I that second part of my, like, gear isn't going to gear to, like, right around the time I think we do our first, like, warm-up one, which is probably offline anyway. So that means that, like, sometime between when that happens and, like, the first, like, live event it's like that's when most of my fabrications are going to go down. So I'm like, you got plenty of time. Yeah, I think I'm yeah. going to I, I got to figure out like what I want to do. And I think I feel like some sort of foam works probably going to be an adhesive foam work. It's probably gonna be the best way to go about it. I've been thinking yeah. about it because I could adhe- like adhere that to the thing and kind of like craft that into what I want it to be. So I think it's probably what I'm going to do, but. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun, man. Um, So gearing up for D&D, we've been doing that. We kind of talked about that a little bit. Nathan's got his deal. Renfell's got his deal. We've kind of seen a little bit of it. Of, oh, I've seen Renfell and Nathan kind of like snapshots of theirs. They haven't really seen mine, but we kind of ha- have an idea of it. Um, Yeah, so are we ready to nerd out? Oh, I'm nerd out really hard on
3: this Let's one. Let's do it.
1: There, We have some discussion points around spooky time of the year. We'll get to that. That's still going to be a lot of fun to talk about but can we just start by talking about, okay, I want to get this other one out of the way. Can we get the more negative thing out the way? And then talk about a really good shit first or really good shit after that for pretty much the rest of the show. The This is the only negative thing. So one of my community members sent me a video by Str- Josh Strife Hayes, which he's, he's, he's pretty good at covering MMORPGs and stuff. Like um, I've seen a lot of really great videos by him. Um, does a really good job in my opinion, for the most part of like covering, you know, gaming content and um, anyway, I was looking over this video he did about what did what did he call it it was called please hold new world is broken Mm. now I have not been playing new world and I've kind of talked plenty about why now here's the deal I was looking at this video and it seems like this game is super hackable dude right now
2: yeah there's a lot of issues um with client side hacking going on um because they haven't done things through server side authoritative. So that's why there's so many bots prevalent, especially when it comes to harvesting. Um, and it's a, it's a big problem. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's an issue Damn. that I know about. I working against, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, it can be frustrating for sure to be trying to harvest and there's bots just farming everything. It's, it's, it's
1: dude. I was like, looking at this video and it was like there was a way to go into like windowed mode and you can sort of like do this this thing that allows you to basically not be like you won't die from all the attack damage apparently it'll catch up but there's like ways to just do this really strange and it seems like the big issue is like a lot of that stuff is handled client side not on their end so the long and short of it is, is like, there's definitely some problems with this game right now. I am. Yeah. Here's the downside for me because of a couple things, whatever small part of me contemplated giving this game a shot has gone out the window. Now yeah. it's completely out the window for me. Like, cause it seems super questy grindy in game. It seemed overall grindy to level really, really grindy. Look, I'm going to play. I want to play ashes of creation, right? I know it's going to be a grind to get there, but I, I, I believe truly believe that the adventure and the journey is going to be a very rewarding experience. And it's going to be meaningful to go through the process of leveling. Whereas I don't know that I feel like this one would be for me. And then to have these types of things kind of happening at the end game right now, it's a, it's, it's unfortunately a no for me. I, I, now I'm like, I've completely taken any possibility of even wanting to give it a chance and right out the window. And look, I'm not talking bad about the game. I'm just talking about my perspectives here. I still think the game's got a lot of great things to it, right? A lot of great potential and possibility. I've, I've said it the whole time. So I think it's important for people that hear me talking about this to go take, take what I'm saying with everything else I've said. I've given it, I've given it, I've given it its, given it its positives too. I always have. I've got a community of people that are sitting there playing it now. It may not be for me. doesn't mean it's not for someone else. And it doesn't mean that they can't actually fix and resolve these things. They definitely, I think, are going to have some work to do with these types of problems. Like sometimes you launch a game, man, and this is just this is not excusing anything. This is game development. You launch a game, it, the game launches, and as a result, you just can't. You don't expect certain things, right, to happen. Yeah. Not saying that that's the case here. I'm just saying sometimes you don't know what the problems are going to be until the game launches and you see it come to fruition, right? Sometimes you don't know yeah. if there's going to necessarily really genuinely be enough content to say the the hunger of the the player and how quickly they'll consume it you know so and it's all a part of the deal when it comes to a games launch so uh, it sounds like they, they're gonna have a lot of work to do to, to resolve some of these issues though but for me it seems like the little that i contemplated giving it a shot i just don't feel like it's it just feels like it's gonna be too taxing of an experience for me from everything and it, seeing.
3: you know i'm still playing it but like um honestly it's 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 a bizarre game right like the only reason i can still play it and i still enjoy it is because it's so open world right that uh there's so many distractions in the open world that um i I can stay entertained uh but the leveling up the actual leveling up experience is kind of crappy right like if they would have just made it to where mobs get better xp uh, so that when i do a dungeon run i, I it's not just for the quest turn in right it's it's because i get good xp for killing the bosses at the very least right and it's just kind of one of those things where if that was what you wanted to do is just run dungeons which the dungeons are so cool man we did our second dungeon got our butts just wiped uh, Cause we went in blind. We didn't look up any strategies nice. and we figured out ourselves. and it was uh, that final boss. I mean, we died several times on the way there and there's like really unique challenges on the way to the boss too. That was a lot of fun. But the final boss was, is really epic and cool looking and uh, really cool mechanics once again. Um, but you know, it's just for that quest turn in. Right. And yeah, you can repeat it. You can go back and you can get a quest. Mm on the board that says run the dungeon again or whatever and beat the boss and 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 you get a good reward for it it's just one of those things where like people who like to do dungeon runs and that's their favorite way to level up they just want to do it the dungeon run right like they don't want to have to do a, just a quest turn in for the dungeon yeah. there should be good experience for doing it so it's one of those things where it's like the grind is in just repeating these quests right um over and over and over again. And a lot of times they're either the exact same thing uh, per city. Now, uh, you can move cities and get new quests, but it doesn't matter. You're still doing the exact same thing, right? Like it might be a different tower, right. you know, but it's roughly the same thing. Now, as you explore out in the world, you do realize there is a lot of variety in the enemies, etc., cetera, all that kind of thing and the terrains and all that stuff changes. Um, but it it doesn't change what you're doing. You're doing the same thing all the way to max level you know Mm. so it's really not for everybody uh if you really enjoy open worlds it has a really cool open world and lots of crafting gathering that's way more addictive than it should be um (laughs) but that's about that's about all it's got going for stuff now the pvp uh broken a little bit broken uh but people are having a lot of fun with it I haven't done yet when do I get to max level
1: yeah it's good to hear that about the crafting though I mean I like a game that's got a good crafting system, man. I'm a sucker for it. It's very, very uh, appealing to me. Um, I think
3: this game does. I think you know the gathering. I think is super awesome. The crafting, it's intuitive and uh, you know it's it's addicting. I'll say that.
1: Yeah. So very imbalanced class wise, monster crafting chat was saying. Got it.
2: I just uh, launched a video this morning, and I I gave up the ghost. Uh, And my video is is literally why i quit after 60 hours despite the fact that i'm that i think it's a good game yeah um it's a beautiful game crafting harvesting love sound design is amazing dungeon design is amazing but the one thing it's the repetitive nature of the quest grind having to you know i played for five hours to get through level 33 and i can't even get to the next set of quests or whatever because they're like level 35 so I've got to get it and I'm like I'm not going to sit here and play uh, another 15 yeah, hours It's yeah. so just so I can do the main storyline this is bullshit like there needs to be better ways for me to level up my character that's the whole reason I wouldn't play Realm Reborn years ago was because they forced me to do these side quests which should be optional not mandatory but I think it is a good game but until they fix that leveling curve or mm-hmm. XP for mobs or the Quests you get, you know, the XP you get from quests. Something's got to give in that point because I just, I, I, I hit my breaking point. I haven't even logged in for like a week now because I finally just was like last week. I was just like, I did that leveling grind for like five hours and only got like half of a level and was like, nah, this is bullshit. Like, wow. I've done, yeah. I've done like 15 yeah. quests. I've done a dungeon run. <clears throat> I've done a bunch of harvesting, crafting, and all I got was half of a level. I'm done with this. Um, yeah, for, other than that, it's it's a great game. It's just they need there's some work that needs to be done.
3: There is. It needs a little bit more variety. But I, I'll also say this too: for anybody that's suffering with that and that grind, because man, it can get rough. Um, take a break for a day or two, and make sure you log out in the town, and uh, you'll come back and you'll have a at least Rest one XP, level. Maybe. Yeah, you'll have one whole level that you'll fly through, that's right? Good. And uh, that makes it better. And Pace plus, yourself it's just, maybe it's a, a bit. Yeah, I said this last week. This just isn't the kind of game, in my opinion, that you know life, right? Like, this is more of an MMO that you just pace yourself, you take your time, you play it when you feel like it, and, um, you know, you don't try to, like, I'm going in, I'm just going to play this game till uh, you know, I'm not going to quit till I get five levels today and all this, right? It's just not that kind of game. Man, it might no. start out that way, but about around level 25 plus. It slows uh, way down. Yeah, just, it's not, you're going to burn out, and uh, you're going to hate the game, in my opinion.
2: But if you if you if you do wanna know life something, I got a little thing I'd like to announce real quick. Oh yeah. Uh,
3: Are we gonna you go you
1: wanna share you wanna information on it first? Or do yeah. you wanna and then I can showcase it for everybody? Yeah, okay. yeah all good. Oh, cool.
2: But I figured since you know we're talking about no life and things, I know some people might be having some extra time on their hands this weekend since <laughs> it's the holiday weekend. Yeah. Um our point and click adventure game demo is out now. Uh we just announced it a little bit ago we just launched it a little bit ago and the teaser trailer is out which i'd like to share here mm-hmm. with everybody um we've been working on this since march and those of you who've been following along in the show for a while it was codenamed project Dramon for a long time and we can now officially unveil all the naming which this i don't know if this is backwards for people or not but it, it, it's good. i think we have it right yeah. but it's called the it's called the weave in the void And our company is called Wandering Hermits. And this point click adventure game is called An Adventurer's Tale. And if you like the old games like mm, Quest for Glory, King's Quest, any of the old LucasArts games, this will be something that's going to be right up your alley. But we're doing it with modern graphics. Um, And then we've also obviously got our 5th edition tabletop setting, which we're going to be rolling into next year. But we're prepping for that with the Dungeons & Dragons stuff we're getting ready to do uh, here later on in November. Mm -hmm. But yeah, why don't
1: we watch this all right everybody it's a short
2: little teaser you know nothing big
1: it's about literally about a minute long so we're gonna go ahead and watch it and yeah so here we go friends So not too it is shabby out in the
2: wild. Now. It is out in the wild. Now that's a, that's a quick little teaser. Um, If you, um if you want to download the demo, there's a link in that YouTube video description to our newsletter. If you sign up to the newsletter, you'll get an automatic reply back. That's got a download link to download the game. There's a manual in there. There's a big eight K map of the zone that that, set in a little bit of lore and everything else for y'all um and and if you like easter eggs i would say that's where you'll spend the most amount of time i was talking to these guys a little bit before the show if you just play through the main storyline it's like a 20 25 minute demo um but if you dig into all the easter eggs you can get a good 40 minutes out of it there's a lot of stuff in there i actually found one today that i'd forgotten i put in there and i hadn't come across it in like two weeks and i was going through the bookstore and i was like what what is this book over here and i found it i was like oh that's right i put that in here and that was an easter egg from the the play testing we did with our patrons back in like um uh, july and august we had a character who found a book on interracial relations between dwarves and elves um and and it was a dating guide <laughs> and and that that was just a role a role play thing that cropped up during the the tabletop session, and I threw the book in the in in the game as a as a little Easter egg. Um, Very cool, funny. But that's Rupert, out there. If everybody wants to check that out, um Rupert
0: Longshanks. <laughs> yeah, like, Rupert Longshanks.
3: So Alfina said something in chat I want to address, uh, which uh, I actually uh, talked to a developer, and uh, they gave some really good insight on that. So uh, a lot of times when you're playing a game, uh, when the character's close by, they breathe like real big and up and down, right? And it's like, I wonder why they do that, because humans don't breathe like that, right? And um, the reason why I was told, which made a lot of sense to me, was because a lot of the times the camera zoomed out, right? And those big, exaggerated movements when you're close in on the character may seem exaggerated. But when you zoom out, it's just Got a on. very slight movement, right? So it's developed for the point of view they that um, their testers... Uh, or their data shows that most people play at to look the for the animation to look the best from that point of view.
2: And I'm also going to say that, mm-hmm. uh, as far as animations go, we are not animators. We're dealing with stock animations that we've rigged to skeletons to, work for a, a demo prototype mm-hmm. so that kind of stuff i love nitpicking because i'm not a, we neither one of us likes the way the character walks or runs but it's what we're dealing with for now because it's just placeholder animations mm-hmm. until we get to the point where we hire somebody so to come yeah. in and make that part look good sure so um, let's yeah. talk a little bit about it's a point and click adventure right yep. which is
3: really cool because we don't get definitely don't get enough of those right yeah. and that's a that's a classic freaking genre but let me make sure i understand this takes place in the same world as your future project, right?
2: Well, yeah, so the way we've the way we've set this up um is anybody who has been paying attention, if you haven't, no big deal. but what we've been doing is since March, um I revamped my Patreon page from my personal Patreon to be about this project. We call it Project Dramond. and it's three it's three parts. So we have the tabletop setting and the campaign and the modules that are associated with that. Then we have the book series. Those are taking place at the same time in the same world and there are there is some crossover between some of the characters who are showing up in the book. We've published eight chapters on the Patreon. Chapters come out twice a month on Thursdays. And those some of those characters the players in our playtesting group for the first campaign module interacted with those NPCs. So there are heroes from the book who are showing up in the campaign module. So that if you're going to go through it and play it as a, as a, as an, a group of adventurers, you're going to meet these characters and you're going to do tasks and quests for them. So all this is taking place at the same time and it's overlapping. The point and click game is taking place at a similar point in time in the same world but in a different part of the world than the book and the um the tabletop because those two are overlapping in the same place at the same time so that people who play the game can follow the storyline through the campaign modules and if they want extra lore and everything else and they want to know more about the the characters that they're interacting with and those hero NPCs and the antagonists, they can go read the book chapters and then that's like, Oh, an extra level to who is than and Rockguard you know, and who is mm. Alfea, the Brownie and all this other stuff. But the point and click is a little more separate. It's just taking place in the same world at the same time, but it's on, if you see the map here, I can't mm-hmm. really see it now. So it's too small, but yeah. basically on the Western side of the inner sea is where uh, this is taking place. And the, campaign module and the novels are set at least they start set in the city of Parthana, which is down in the southeast on the in the continent on the on the sea as well. So yeah, it's all the same same world, same time frame, same everything, and it's a big kind of interweaving of all the different components. nice Um, Nice. and and it's this is a lore heavy game so it doesn't have combat in it so this is why i look back to like king's Mm -hmm. quest because quest for glory had combat in it even though it was very basic But quest for glory um my favorite games ever but i still have fond memories of the king's quest series as well which never had combat it was just lots of puzzles dialogue, lore, and running around and exploring and and having a somewhat linear adventure that had a lot of puzzles and riddles to solve. And so that's what we're kind of emulating here is, is that. Nice. Um so it's 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 got a lot of stuff in there for people who like to chew through lore um and have fun reading. So
1: yeah, I'm digging the I'm really digging I noticed too that like there's like a lot of islands to your to your world. Is that like actually the world map or is it just like an area or is it spoilers to ask that spoilers as that?
2: Uh, on the, on the, yeah, yeah, so, so the story, I'm going to move to the left here. There you go. So hang on, let me make sure that I'm positioning myself here. So this here, this, what happened was about 500 years ago, the humans used to live down there Uh and they have quantum technology and they were delving into quantum technology and they had some internal wars and they started nuking each other with quantum bombs. And it basically wiped out humanity and the quantum rifts basically just tore apart the human lands now when mm. that happened when the big war happened and all the nukes were dropping at the same time it threw disruptions across the entire planet and the giant rift opened up in the middle of the fey continent the fey being dwarves elves brownies halflings mm-hmm. etc um and the high elves who are up in these mountains Got together with all the mages and tried to close the rift and they were able to do so but it caused a massive explosion which blew up the center of the continent oh, wow. which is now has this smoking volcano in the center and it's this is a giant crater that's now filled with water from the ocean oh, nice. and over here on the far side this all used to be connected it was all part of uh-huh. the same landmass. same thing with up here these were all it was all part of one continent But this massive rift that opened up in the center Mm. of this as a result of the quantum bombs just ripped everything apart and the dwarven kingdom which is now down over here used to be way up over in here and it shifted because of the explosion because the land literally opened up like that and then went outwards so um 500 years later um remnants of humanity came north um and were met by the dwarves and the high elves sent some of the wood elves down to meet them and then they come up over here into Parthana and establish the first city so we've got some interesting lore going on because the humans have remnants of quantum technology and they have relics which allow them to tap into that energy so our paladins and clerics and inquisitors and templars and stuff are using quantum energy not Um, holy energy so they get their spells from quantum sources and then the elemental magic is what the fey have and what's going on right now as a as a part of the main storyline that's happening right now in the first eight chapters and in that first uh, module is that um, the uh, basically (laughs) the church who hoards all the relics um, has a difference of opinion with the the elves and the Fae and their elemental magic. And so this has led to some racism and some Mm. racial tensions. And there's a plague that starts to happen in the main city and the church blames the elves for it and blames the mages. And there's some stuff that starts happening Mm. and that leads to xenophobia and a bunch of other stuff. And then as the campaign evolves, you get to the point where, um, I'm not giving too much away because mm. this is all public on our Patreon. Um, the first pro, the prologue of the book establishes all of that, and then the main story starts like six months after that, which is where the Church of the Elder Ways, who does not necessarily represent all of humanity, but they are the leading organization, are hunting down and killing all elven mages, oh. um, and then that will begin to expand to any fey mage, whether it be dwarf, brownie, halfling. Mm-hmm. You It know, doesn't matter, but right now it's about the elves. Mm. Um, and so the point-and-click game picks up during the main timeline after that prologue has started, where the Church of the Ways is already hunting down everybody, and so you'll see a little bit of that lore in the um, dialogue uh, of the characters in Maron's Rest, which is the town where that takes place. So wow. um, that's that's the so, short version.
3: So is Good. the humans—they the, started messing with the quantum— uh, uh technology, if you will, because they couldn't use natural magic is that yeah. it's just okay. they had
2: scientific means. Right. And they lived they lived in a different part of the world and everything for them was about science. And they've never been able to tap into the elemental magic. And that's what's unique about where we're at with our setting is that all of the Fay have access to elemental magic mm. but they can't they can't tap into quantum energy. Mm-hmm. The humans can't tap into elemental energy, but they have quantum. Yeah, quantum then you have half elves who depending on circumstances, can do a little bit of both. But uh interesting. We've got some fun stuff with half elves planned. Uh um, oh, fine. That's cool. So the race play. actually
3: cool. can change your 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 actual the way you might play that class too then.
2: Um depending. The I mean there there are some like when we did the playtest um <laughs> We had everybody just kind of play traditional what they would traditionally play in D and D because we were just play testing some of the rule sets and everything else. But people who want to really role play that scenario, because if you think about it, I kind of took the idea of the Westboro Baptist Church, sort oh, of oh, like, extremist, <laughs> like extremist, like extremist. Yeah. Extremist religious people. Not all religious people are like that, but some some are. And I took that example and kind of said, what would happen if if they had a you know magical power, some sort of scientific technology? Um and and but they don't represent all of humanity. They are a small group, but they also happen to be the ruling group. But you'll find that there are a lot of paladins and Templars within their group who don't subscribe to the whole methodology of all elves are bad all all halflings are evil because they did netflix did a prequel show to king arthur and it was about the lady of the lake when she was a kid and she got a sword called excalibur is that
1: the one yes that
0: was pretty cool i liked it yeah
2: i i I actually riffed on that a little bit because in that version in that show Mm -hmm. the catholic church is hunting down yeah. all of the fae bloodlines because yep. the magic has tainted them and they're pagans yep. and deserve to be killed. And I my brother and I sat down and ah, said, we love that idea, but we need to come up with a better reason for why that is. And so then we came up with the plague. And cuz we looked at COVID and we were like, we should just do, wow. do a plague, man. And and, and so um yeah it's it's just so yeah hilarious. i love it
3: i love it i love it when you take nice. i love it when yeah. you take something that is um relatable right like even the even the quantum and the elemental like that's you could relate that to so many different yeah. things right uh but also what i really like is that um the way you're injecting religion in it right to where it's like this um you know because tip not typically, but a, a lot of the times when people build worlds, or uh, you know, you get too deep into like philosophies of that world, and it's just like they don't want to spend as much time really delving into that, right? So when you get all these, like you got you got racial division because of yeah. things that happened in history, you've got religion. sociological. It, it yeah. makes it more believable, mm-hmm. you know, and and it makes interactions really cool. Um, but I'd just like to also mention. If you think of history, guys, I'm, uh, you know, get a little conspiracal here.
2: Uh, your ten full Catholic,
3: hats. Think ten of all hats. the relics. Think of all the relics the Catholic Church did obtain in real life. And some of them you can go look at. A lot of them. <laughs> sorry, buddy. They're in the vault. We'll never get to see that. No, you know? this is
2: another th- another thing I riffed on. There was a Ridley Scott show that came out last year called Raised by Wolves, which is a science fiction show where uh, basically there's AI Versus, and the AI are all atheists, and then, uh, or the AI are built by the atheists, and there was a big holy war between the church and their technology and the atheists and their really deadly robots that could kill off humanity. And the show starts off in this far distant planet where these, these, um, these two robots have taken a bunch of babies and gone to this other planet and they're raising human babies away from the tainted planet of earth to try to raise a new species of humanity well lo and behold here comes the seed ships from the old church people Mm. and Mm. on board that ship they have all of the old relics of earth which have power inherently built in them uh, so i've, I've oh, pulled from nice. a lot of different places nice. when i was putting all this together because it was like i like that idea i like that idea, yeah i like that's that how you do it. I, it's, I'm gonna and then you and then you meld it into
3: your world to where it makes sense yeah yeah
1: yeah so it's it's uh i've always liked the then, play on mysticism versus technology too i think that's a fun one to usually yeah. go with as well i may so, or may not be spoiling something related to my own little thing but
2: And there's also a way to look at it too. And I hadn't considered this until I was on a walk with my wife a few months ago Mm -hmm. because of the way the plague operates and what happens to people in that, um, we're actually kind of telling a, almost like a zombie story within a fantasy story within a science fiction story. So there's multiple layers going on at the same time. Um, and, and yeah, it gets crazy. Um, it gets really crazy
1: <laughs> i like it though man i dig it it's like dude you know you there's a like a lot of stories right around in the fantasy world that are just really good like there's some that a lot of us don't know about there's some that are just being written i think you know like oh man you know i was like talking about how like the other the other week i think it was, it was the last week or the week before i was talking about how i'd been like i got I took some time off and I was working on it. Kind of like found myself in that creative space. You know, was it last week I talked about this? Yeah. You know, like how it kind of got in that creative space and like that's where these cool ideas come from. And it's like it's like really amazing whenever you see like a story or, you know, or you come up with something that isn't really something someone's done yet. Or even if it's not your own creative like endeavor, like when you explore or uh, you're first like introduced to like this very different way to think about a fantasy world like a different set of circumstances a different like um foundation for like why we're here how the story got like it's always so it's always like i always find it just a little sad and this isn't a dig like i genuinely feel let down and sad whenever there's like a fantasy story and i go to watch it or you know read about it or whatever and it just feels very cookie cutter because well the reason that's that, yeah, the, yeah re- go ahead. the reason that that bothers me so much though is because i o- i already don't feel like there's that many epic right. fantasy universes that we can put our minds into i feel like it's i know that there's a lot of good stories out there but when you compare it to literature as a whole yeah i know there's a lot of fantasy stories don't get me wrong but unique ones that don't feel very much like another one of the same or a uh, sort of like an imitation or uh, very, very uh, close parallel to something like Tolkien or whatever. It's disappointing because I feel like, man, it just do we not have? I, I'm I'm not dissing anybody here. Like this is literally my thoughts. Like, do we not have enough people in this? It, <laughs> the billions of people on this planet, do we? Do we not have at least a few more just really freaking epic universes to put our heads into? Well, the and, problem is it's, it's hard. Great.
3: It's hard to do. That's why, and it takes a ton of time. And it's usually one of those things where everybody's like, "Look, I got to release a book or a whatever by this time frame." Contracts, deadlines,
2: payments. I mean, this took us. Obviously, you know, we started from scratch um, in February. Um, We didn't actually start the project until March, but we started brainstorming in February, mm -hmm. and then we started recording all of our episodes and and. We've done like 115 videos on YouTube up to this point in eight months and like 110 Patreon posts, documenting everything. We shared all of our brains. We shared our brainstorming sessions and everything else. And the story – this time around, the story was not just done by me. It was my brother and I pinging off of each other and and coordinating on things. Um, But that took us about two months of like nonstop like – kind of outlining the greater themes. And then over the next three months, that evolved a little bit based on what I was working on with the first version of the source book and mm-hmm. the first chapters of the book. So if you look at that, it's a culmination of True. about eight months of work, which got us to the point. And that's a good amount of time when you think about what it takes to create something True. in terms of just to do the world building. <clears throat> yeah, You need a good year. You need a good six to eight at months least, minimum yeah. up to a year. And we're not done fleshing things out yet we've still got some stuff we're hashing out with half elves and and things but yeah you know i i I have a segue for this because i know one of the things we want to talk about is an upcoming show but i'm gonna i'm gonna use this to bridge into something else that's gonna bridge into that okay because you were talking about really epic you know stories and science fiction and fantasy and stuff and and people who can take different ideas and meld it and i know i briefly talked about this on your stream the other day when you were streaming because if you haven't those of you who Mm -hmm. are watching if you guys haven't seen dune yet this is the third iteration of dune and a lot of people have watched this movie and said oh my god it's amazing and it is it's very faithful to the book but i would say the book one of the reasons everybody says this is you know herbert was the tolkien of the science fiction universe is because of the world building just as much world building went into middle earth herbert put into making dune dune is set The story of Dune, the book, takes place 20,000 years after our existing – where we are right now, 20,000 years after this part. And what's really interesting is I think, if I'm not mistaken, around 10,000 years after where we are today is when there was this great war against the machines versus humanity, and humanity won against the machines. And that's why when you look at the Dune world as it exists, yes, they have flying ships and everything else. They don't have computers they have mentats who are these specially trained individuals whose minds have been trained to make mathematic calculations and to to do all of these crazy things with math. And they're a version of basically human AI. Then you have the Benny Gesserit who are a very strict religious order who have, you know, been spending thousands of years and I'm not spoiling anything. This is all in the trailer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, they have they have you know spent thousands of years controlling the different houses through religion and and prophecies and mixing bloodlines and doing crazy things and then you have spice which comes into the equation and allows people to fold space and time and it allows the navigator ships to literally jump across long distances by folding space and 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 they can you know the 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 navigators use the spice to see through that um what's interesting is he took his inspiration for that was the messiah his inspiration for for paul atreides the the Mahdib was jesus and he took that and he spun it and mixed in islamic theology you know because it's the first war against mm-hmm. the uh ai was a jihad it was an mm-hmm. actual jihad mm-hmm. and then the the war that the the fremen wage against the Harkonnens, thats that's a jihad. So he's he's got mixtures of Christianity, mixtures of Islam, mixtures of science fiction, mixtures of fantasy, magic, all this other stuff, and it all comes together, and he built a twenty-thousand-year history to write this book, <laughs> yeah. and that, when you think about that yeah. level of world building, it does take time. True. And there are some authors, as much as I love him as a writer, he's very easy to read. Kevin J. Anderson, uh, who's written a bunch of Star Wars novels, and he co-writes all the prequel Dune novels with Frank Herbert, who's Brian Herbert's son. And so there's been like 20 prequel novels, and they're they're doing comics and all this other stuff. He's a very easy author to read. But he also cranks out like six books a year, and he does so because he uses a a recorder. He does dictation software, hands it off to an assistant. She types it. He gets it back, edits it, sends it off. But he'll do six books a year, and he's been doing that for 30-some years. And he's published like 160 books. It's ridiculous. What? Now, he has made a habit of being a very – rapid fire like he can come up with something and spin it out into a book however i will say this as much as he is an easy author to read i find many of his books to be generic as fuck Mm. because he's cranking them out at such a pace you can't spend enough time to do enough world building to create something that's truly unique and truly you know something that's gonna stand apart and 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 be within that one percent, you know, that kind of makes it whether it becomes a bestseller or it just becomes a revered cult classic. Yeah. Um that's a tricky thing to do because um it's also very easy to get stuck into tropes because you know everybody looks to another source for inspiration. True. And if you're not careful, <clears throat> you end up copying a little yeah. too closely as opposed yeah. to making it your own. You know what my problem's yeah, been? Hard
1: part. I, I've been doing this thing of like ideas for 15 years yeah and my problem is is i instantly go nope too much like this or too much like that and so my my issue has been going this isn't unique enough it's not going to work you know so like i've now in in some of my aging realized some of that is actually okay like it's actually okay to to like it's okay to have similarities because then you know i now reflect on that the similarities and go well this makes it relatable this makes it to where like you know you're talking about the human condition or whatever and these are like for us as as human beings and even if you look to like our literature this is like a universal there's like certain universal constructs and i think one of those is like you're great the book you know the hero with a thousand faces like that's a great analytical piece that kind of talks about that um but anyway, the, the segue, my friends, is we're not just I talking miss- about our stuff and things. It, there is a segue because, oh, man, we are I'm going to nerd out. It's I said it, the wheel of time. Have you guys been watching this stuff? Oh, no, yeah,
2: I, I can't. I've come. I'm coming into the show as someone who's read the book series yes. through three, three times. I've read them all the way through um, uh, three times. And, and I'm, I'm reasonably familiar with the story at this point, it was, it, this was a, this was for me, this was the writer who I tried to emulate when I wrote echoes of the past. Like I did pull, like I pulled a little bit from Tad Williams and the memory sorrow and thorn series. I really, I loved some stuff from Raymond Feist and the rift war saga, but in terms of the style of writer that I wanted to be growing up, it was Robert Jordan because that series all through my teen years that was when that first book came out i believe in 91 or 93 somewhere in there and i was 11 or 13 when it came out so i grew up with that series and it it really inspired me and one of the things that robert jordan is well known for is the just absolute mind-boggling level of world building he did in the creation of this world um and then the evolution of that which is what allows there to be such a rich tapestry to pull from to yeah. make this show.
1: So it's, look. it's
2: worth nerding out over. That's
1: interesting. <laughs> I had to look and see. I was like curious. There is a wheel, the Wheel of Time, uh, category on on Twitch, but it's very weird. I don't know what that actually is, but I was curious. Um,
2: it might be people re I, yeah, I don't know what that would be creating players maybe cre-
1: creating a to, to be fair to create a, a category on twitch is extremely hard there's certain sites you can go to where you can get it created for like youtube or twitch I've done a little research for something I can't confirm an IY but <laughs> like I just, I've thought about some things rent might have sparked some ideas once upon a time uh but I did a little bit of research I was like it's really not I always thought it was like really di-. side sidebar real quick here uh Nathan, you know all those times we talked about those games and I was like, you know, it's really tough to to actually like categorize this on YouTube or like Twitch yeah, because yeah. I can't you can do it easily. I googled it and I figured what? it out to, to create a category, to actually create a game category on Twitch or on YouTube so that people can actually list a, your
2: product. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's actually not that hard. It's really not. It's not that difficult. So I'm like, I feel like it needs to be like a someone needs to put a guide together. I don't I'm not the one to do it someone needs to put a guide together to be like, Hey, new game developer. So I hear you want to make a game. This is one of the things that's probably going to be great for you to do before people catch wind of it. So that when they create content to actually talk about your game, that you they that you've got a category there so they can tag the damn thing. So yeah. people know a place to go look for videos around that game or anyway, sidebar back on track, the wheel of time, dude, remember how like last time I was just, <laughs> So renfield's like yo i've read the books a lot and i'm like um i've heard of the wheel of time over the past three or four years um it's come up in circles around ashes of creation it's come up in like here on the show or another podcast or as i'm doing research or you know around literature about massive world building projects etc and so i'm like i'm sitting here and i'm like going all right all right man I've heard of it. I've heard of it. Yo, they're making a show on Amazon Prime for this friggin' book now. What? What? Okay. But now I'm I'm resisting my urge to go research and learn everything I possibly can. I can do it. I can, I can abstain from engaging in this part of myself. I don't know if I'm gonna be strong. Remember how last time I said it, I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna watch it all the way through and I'm gonna do this. Yeah, I don't know if I can commit to that anymore.
2: You need to. I'm, <sighs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You need to. And there's a reason why. I can watch the if first season, go...
1: but but if it, but if I make it through that, that's where I'm worried. I'm gonna fold. Is I'm worried. I'm gonna fold. Okay.
2: It's okay to fold at
1: that. Oh, okay. Point. Okay. Cool. Oh.
2: The, I, you here's the problem. You All right. do not have enough time. No. <laughs> to read the right. first two or three books which right. it looks like they're pulling from to make this first season because the first episode's out in like what two weeks or something yeah right? it's like yeah, two it's, weeks from now yeah yeah
3: november 19th yeah
2: so we yeah, got like you, three weeks you, i don't think you, you might have enough time to read the first book but it looks like they're pulling from the first three if i'm not mistaken or the first two at least interesting for this uh first book so the problem with trying to dive down the rabbit hole right now yeah is that you might not have time. However, yeah. if they're gonna be if they're gonna be airing the episodes weekly, because I haven't confirmed this or not, I don't know if they're doing weeklies or if they're dropping them all at once. Um if they're, I'm if usually they're doing it once. Weeklies, I'm pretty if doing sure it's it weeklies once, yeah. it's only eight episodes. So yeah. you've actually got two months. So if you wanted to do the rabbit hole and and they're doing it weekly, you you have plenty of time to get through the first two, three books that make up that first season. Um I can tell you just from like watching the most recent trailer, like I've, I've watched a bunch of the teasers. I've not watched all the behind the scenes feature sets, but I did watch cause I linked it to you guys the other day, that trailer that came out the other day, a couple days ago. Um, and there were things in that trailer that I was just like nerding out over so hardcore, but there is like a major difference, which I can talk about this. Um, it's not a huge spoiler. People have talked about it on the internet in the show. um, the the i said i have stalls that have a color that represents yeah. the Azure that they are part of and in that, the yeah. movie or in the show i should say um they've made it their whole dress and that was a change that people looked at and you've got some of the hardcore fanatics who are like oh you shouldn't change anything blah, blah, blah. and i'm like i mean yeah but sometimes you have to make adjustments to make a point come across a little yeah little are on screen
1: different yeah mm-hmm. um
2: I was surprised that they've got Loghain so early on. Um, they haven't. I, am I spoiling anything by saying who he is? There's a, there's a guy in the trailers.
1: <laughs> I know who you're talking about, though, because I. Look, okay, you, you so can't the, help but look. I'm not going and reading the books. I committed not to doing that for sure until I watched it, right? Uh, And I don't know that I'd be able to read it until after I've watched at least the first season. And do I really have time to actually go read all those Uh, books anyway? No, no. it'll be a one day thing, but I can't help it. I can't help it, man. You're watching a YouTube video. It's the new, it's the new preview. It's like hyping you up for the dadgum show. Then it rolls right into uh, the director or whatever, talking about a breakdown. And you're just kind of like, well, we're already here so <laughs> he goes yeah. right it. it talks about a little bit of it and it's and it does spoil some stuff but it's so superficial that you're like okay this really isn't i still don't actually know what this the to. i don't know the depth of what this how meaningful this really is to the story so you're not actually taken away from the level of meaningfulness and like Actual like knowledge that I'll for me as a consumer as a person that like gets really into lore and story like I Have to understand it on a very deep level to really fully say that like I Feel like I know what that is like so giving me a superficial taste of that doesn't spoil anything for me because I know It's gonna link together so much more That that you can't take that meaning meaningfulness away until I actually see a story explained
2: So his character is showing up in all the trailers, and I'm a little bit surprised by that because he he doesn't really have that – he's not really that big of a part. He does play a part, but he's a very minor character in the grand scope of things in the early sections of the book, and then he becomes a much bigger part of things later on. Um, But the one thing that drove me – the only thing that I took away from the trailer that I didn't like – and liam aka hembar from our community uh, also picked up on this was moraine says you know the dark one blah 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 and you know it's one of the five of you and that's that was the only part of the trailer that i looked at and went that's bullshit because it's only one of the three because it has nothing to do with the girls it has to do with one of the three guys and there's a very specific reason why it only has to do with the guys um and they haven't explained any of that in the trailers. No, and I, when didn't. I saw that whole – that whole, the five of you, I kind of went, uh, please tell me that they're not making – like I'm hoping that they haven't adapted the story too much where they're taking away the core element, which is it has nothing to do with the girls. The, the females are like the protectors of the world Definitely from the corruption – yeah, from the corruption of the dark one, and the yeah. corruption only affects – men, men so i kind a, of
1: i kind of had a feeling you know what though the thing is about preview trailers like this is they cut up the parts they give you an impression and then they'll completely throw you through a loop later when you realize that that part like it would be like, what should be going like the five of you are going on an adventure right and it's the five of you or whatever you're just like you cut that up to give it a different meaning to probably like you know sometimes they will do it just to like get people all riled about it so they can go in there and totally then they watch like- it yeah,
2: I watched I watched all the Dune trailers, and then I went and saw Dune, and like all of the trailers where they cut the actor's yeah. dialogue to just have that little yeah. snippet where it had a completely different meaning, and then yeah. he get in the trailer and he does the whole line, yeah. and it's like motherfucker. Yeah, like, yeah, gotcha. I, I I I am trying really hard not to nerd out too much because yeah. I have been I have been disappointed by shows like Shannara shows oh. like the sort of truth, like there have been some really cool fantasy series where the shows were just done in such a way that they got, they all got canceled after like two seasons and, yeah. and it just, they weren't done justice. Now I know that they've already renewed this for a second season, which gives me hope.
1: They're already working but, on it. Apparently.
2: Yeah. They've already started filming. So it's, it's, I have hope that, you know, um, I know Amazon is trying really hard to Get a franchise under their belt. They they spent a billion dollars and they have a five season commitment on the on the Middle Earth show. Yep,
1: that's two. They have a
2: right, and they yeah. have a similar commitment to the Wheel of Time because it's a big enough franchise that it has enough readers to bring in an yep. audience to justify. Because they're trying to find their Witcher or their Game of Thrones. Because yep. Amazon has had some good shows like The Man in the High Castle. Good show. Blockbuster. Right? Fuck no, it was a. What what's that?
1: Expanse. Is a, isn't that a prime show? Is it? it is now.
2: It is started it off now? as a sci-fi show. Yeah, it, um, it's
1: pretty good. I actually enjoy that a lot.
2: Oh, it's I think it's the best sci-fi show I've seen since since Battlestar Galactica. Like I love the expanse. Um,
1: oh, the boys have you seen that that superhero one? My line? wife and I love the show. Whoa, dude. So such Amazon a
2: They they have some really good shows, but yeah. they haven't they haven't captured that true blockbuster moment yeah. yet, and they're still trying. Well, that over. epic, boys, that like really way, epic. Is awesome
1: yeah they're really epic like just you know like this is like lord of the rings man and this is the yeah, place just, for it or they're something. wanting they're wanting yeah. something
2: that's going to capture 15 20 million viewers yes whereas right. the boys might have True. you know five to seven but it doesn't have that 20 million like game of thrones so they're still trying for what? that what there's um, a reboot but,
1: of Battlestar galactica what
2: yes so this has been oh my for a couple gosh of years. what it, it's the same guy who did um Oh fuck what is the Rami Malek show where he's the hacker? Uh um,
1: robot was it bad ro- I robot i robot something.
2: something no not i robot no, it's something, something
1: else um Mr. Robot or was it Mr. Robot?
2: Yeah Mr. Mr. Robot something, something like, that. like that. Yeah so it's, it's if i'm not mistaken it's the same showrunner from that show is the guy who's doing the reboot. And what, what he's doing he's he's oh, even said that what, he's dude? he's trying to very respectfully not copy what ronald d moore did with the reimagined series and he wants to do his own take on things um so i'm that's another show i'm cautiously optimistic about so i want to i want to sidetrack really quickly because this is one of the things that i hate about hollywood so anybody out there who doesn't understand how rights work for franchises when you own or when you license the rights from the owner for a property for an intellect so looking at the spider-man debacle between sony and marvel is a perfect example of this but basically you have this scenario where the owner of that the person who is renting the license has a limited amount of time within which they have to do something with that license and if they don't do anything with that license it reverts back to the original owner of that uh, license which is why we constantly see reboots of batman and superman and spider-man and all of these because the license holders can make so much money off of these characters that they will continually reboot the series because it's a guaranteed cash cow. Yeah. The flip side to that is that we have a whole bunch of, like, sometimes really shitty versions of these characters because they're just, they're literally pushing something out just so that they can keep their hands on the license yeah. when they might not necessarily have the best storyline for something. Um, which is why I'm really hoping that because Amazon is is working with IPs that have never been done before, that they and they're willing to spend the money. Um, also, I would like to look at their game development as another example. They're willing to just throw money at something until they get something to stick. I mean, they had a bunch of failures before new world. And even though new world has hiccups, it still is a success. Yeah. So same thing with Amazon, their shows they've, they've thrown a lot of money at smaller shows, but they're still trying to find that
1: thing that sticks. Yeah. That big
3: one. Yeah. And let's be honest, they have an advantage already, right? Because, All they need is something. uh, Honestly, one really big epic thing, and then other the you know the flies will be attracted at that point, right? They'll get a lot other deals uh, for better pricing. Um, But they have the advantage anyway because it's it comes with Prime, right? So you know post you know it was already true before COVID, but post COVID world, um, I mean everybody freaking shops on Amazon and crap ton of people at Prime, right? So. Uh, all they got to do is make you actually go to go watch on Prime, right? Like a lot of people have it, they're just not watching on it. And um, so, Lord of the Rings is going to be epic for them, right? Will Time's going to it's going to be big for now, but when Lord of the Rings smacks down, it's going to they're about to just blow up, right? I um, think so, yeah, yeah, because everybody's going to come for that, no matter what, right? Yeah. like we'll come, we'll be there, right? Because um, we just don't. You know, uh, it's a very protected, which I think it should be. It's a very protected, um, uh, you know, IP and for good reasons. Uh, and the family really respects, um, uh, you know, its values and, and its vision. So, um, you know, uh, we don't, but the bad side of that is we don't get a lot, right? Like, it's not an overload. It's not like the Marvel uh, universe where it's just overload, like, as much as you can eat buffet you know we can't get that with lord of the rings you know uh,
2: i that's the one thing i really i'm starting to dislike the marvel movies um i i mean up to end game cool we had oh, a 10, 10 15 movies that was a really cool well art. done
1: well well but done have, tying it all in together too i gotta oh, say absolutely epic job. So but I, I
2: have i have felt like every movie since Endgame has just been worse and worse and worse. And I haven't seen Eternals yet, but I've been hearing horrible reviews oh, about Eternals. No. Um, which I, I don't go by reviews. Yeah. I, I, I watch a movie and see if I like it or not. True. But you you, mm. you mentioned Black Widow on your stream the other day. Yeah. I watched it, enjoyed it. It,
1: it. it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, it, but it also... It didn't have the same... You know i wonder if it has to do with the with the wasn't it a brother a director of brothers or producers that were the work? russo brothers russo brothers because i don't think they're really a part of it anymore now as a no. result um, of stuff that's kind of happened with you know some of the things that have kind of happened over the past what couple of years or so but uh, sometimes it's all it takes man is to get those those people with the vision to do things a certain way and when those people aren't a part of it anymore you just it. Sometimes it just won't deliver, man. I mean, it doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it doesn't deliver on that same scale. And Black Widow, I think, was a good example. Like it wasn't a bad movie and they did the typical thing of like kind of tying things in at the end and and everything. But it just it was a good movie, but it didn't have that. That sort of like element of "Ooh, I'm really excited to see where this is going to tie in now or where it's going to go next.
3: It's also hard too right yeah. when when you like after end game right like that that did where just do you go in game exactly yeah, it, it built up to that right, yeah. so like mm-hmm. you know it's 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 also very difficult to follow up after that, you know like <laughs> it's so
0: true. how do you follow that what out? Are you
3: gonna do like there's no way in one movie you can get back to that point of right, us, right? like it's impossible, so it's one of those things where it's like I kinda get it um. Yeah. You know, like it's it's just a rough place to be in. Once you get that mega, just smash it. But you know, it took time to get to that point with for the viewers to be invested that much, you know?
2: It's it's also because you know, Kevin Feigel now is working on the Star Wars franchise and they're trying really hard to rebuild they're trying to repeat that but for star wars now because now they have the whole high republic era mm. that's being developed in literature and comics and everything else and they're they're making all of these standalone shows for disney plus <clears throat> and and <coughs> from what everyone's talking about is what kevin feigel is is working on behind the scenes is they're going to be starting to work on a whole new franchise of star wars that's going to be re- basically repeating what Marvel did, where they're going to have these new characters from the High Republic who become, you know, they, they start off in comics and novels and everything else, and then they start having standalone movies with all of these individual characters, and they start building towards this big bad, you know, big, big bad guy in the Star Wars universe, which for better or for worse, I'll I'm intrigued and I'll follow yeah. along just like I am with Marvel, but I'm also like, I'm kind of over the superhero movies right now and just kind of like, I'll watch them. I mean, I I'll, I love popcorn movies, but at yeah. the same time, I'm just like, nah. You, you yeah. already had the you had the one big bad guy um, uh, with Thanos. You really there's nowhere to go from that. Like, I mm. liked like, like I don't know if you guys have watched Loki yet, but Loki no spoilers here, but mm. Loki has a big bad guy at you know because there has to be a big bad guy, but it felt like such a muted dumbed down version of a big bad guy because i see loki as part of the avengers and so you know he was such a big part of the thor franchise and then the avengers franchise and then he has his own little standalone show which got a second season which is cool it's going to be coming on the pipeline but it felt like the reveal at the end of who the big bad guy was was just kind of like (laughs) it was just like eh. it was a great show it was a fun show but the bad guy was like he just there's no way you can compare with thanos like yeah you just can't um so i don't know and it's the investment
3: too of time right like for example i always get disappointed right like um if there's a really cool enemy that I've known from, you know, like Venom, right? Let's use him, for example. Carnage, right? oh uh, my God. Carnage, looks good, like, by the way. love that stuff, right? Yes. But in one movie, he gets defeated, and it's like, dude, come on, man. No no justice here was done, right? right? Like, in that two hours, you cannot... Not so easily, man. You cannot portray it in a way... Where you're getting the full scope of the character no. and how badass he is, etc. You need a big old build-up for things like Carnage, Venom, right? Like you can't just do one movie, right? No. If you, I mean they can, they do it, right? But it sucks, right? That's like uh, the, the original Spider-Man trilogy, I think,
2: yeah, uh, Sam Raimi.
3: Yeah, uh, and I think I might be getting this a little mixed up. It's been a long time, but the third one I think was the Venom one. It was like, "Oh, uh, here's Venom. Now he's gone." It's like, oh dude. he was
2: literally uh, only one of multiple bad guys in that movie. Yeah, it's like uh, I've got um, to I'll be right back. I got to yeah, shut some windows. It's going
0: to
1: rain. Yeah, you know I've what? I've got to say this about the Carnage and and everything. Right, Carnage Venom. I people don't necessarily like it, but I got to give props to Fortnite man with the way they incorporate all the different things. I mean, they've got a freaking skin dude like this is just good business man yeah this is really good really smart business like it love it hate it whatever even think it's too much whatever it's fine they have got a freaking formula for this game that is going to go some crazy distance this is not a one year two year five ten year this thing could go on for so long and you got the kid crowd you got the adult yeah. crowd. And I got to yeah. tell you, when I jump in, when I jumped into Fortnite and you go go pick up the symbiote in on the map. Right. And how you've got like this, this grappling thing that like you have this tool that you can shoot at somebody, pull them to you. It does damage. And as they're coming to you, I'll flip to my shot of you, but you're dead. Yeah, that's the yeah. end of your story. And it's, it's a, it's a uh, mechanic that exists that they replicated over and you can go pick up a venom or a carnage symbiote on the map. You can essentially get this like, you know, bigger jump, like, you know what I mean? Longer falls and on the bar, on the button where you've got your symbiote that you picked up, you use that and you literally shoot your symbiote out, grab them, break through a bunch of shit, pull them towards and you can use it and you can pop them just like you can with it's pretty cool, man. Like it and the yeah. way that they are doing, incorporating things in that game. It is a damn good business model, man. And the thing is, is like, whether you like battle royales or not, that's fine. It doesn't matter. It's it's irrelevant to me. I'm just talking about like, it's smart, man. They they got well, their licensing department ev- is brilliant. And everything, man. Dune, you could get the Dune outfit. You could get an emo thing. You can get it for the freaking every movie that almost every like the Ghostbusters, uh, afterlife movie coming out. You can go in there yeah. and do stuff in the damn game, right? So, like the replayability and and the uniqueness to it as a BR, it's not just a BR, right? It's literally like this evolving story that continues yeah. to happen in chapters and has seasons to the chapters. Well done, they're killing it. I they mean, make tons I mean, they, of money. they
3: do so much smart things. They have Man. concerts in the game, you know. They yes. like they are really taking yep. this like uh, mm-hmm. online presence and doing good with it. And I'm I'm just gonna take a real quick moment. Though a little bit of love to Epic, right? Because Epic's done a lot of really great things yeah. over the course of gaming, right? Yeah. Um, the first Unreal Tournament, man, that was a god I love the Unreal Tournament in man. the way we play first person shooters, yes. right? Like it was fast, it was gory, mm-hmm. it was lamb parties yep. everywhere, yep. you know, like it, freaking phenomenal. Yes. And then the Unreal Engine. Yeah. Come on, like come on. Every how how many of your favorite <clears throat> games are made with their engine, right? Like Hundreds, if not thousands, so um, and then and then they kind of for a while there. Besides the engine, it was kind of like you know, Gears of War happened, and that was great for them. That was pretty, that was pretty revolutionary. Paragon, but rest then, in peace. But, but then, but then they just kind of went away for a while, right? It was kind of like, what's Epic going to do? Like, what are yeah. you what
2: are you going to do? Plus, now they're you know the whole everything that they're doing with Disney Plus, uh, the Mandalorian, mm. Kenobi, all those shows are filmed using the unreal engine like it's yeah. it's so far beyond games now yes, it um is. it's a pr- it's a brilliant company in my mind yeah I, I i'm a
3: fan i'm a fan of epic man because they got me with unreal tournament way back in what year was day oh 7, bro. Year, 98, yeah 98.
1: it was the early i think the i, I first played unreal tournament I, was it three or two i can't remember and it was like right after i got out of the army and I mm. came back home, and I found out about Unreal Tournament, and I was addicted. Like f Halo, yeah. I didn't play Halo. I played Unreal Tournament. Like I was like, I'm not playing on a console. I can play on my PC, baby. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, nothing well, against Halo. Halo is good, but like Unreal Tournament was the thing for me, and yeah. it, I loved it, dude. I'm. I'll tell you. Yeah, I'll tell you about stories in that game off stream because they're not appropriate. So I'll talk about.
3: <laughs> So back then, like first person shooters becoming really cool, right? Like Quake was awesome. And then Unreal Tournament kind of popped up for me, at least. I don't know the timeline, but for me, Quake was cool. And I was like, this is a really, yeah. this is really revolutionary. And then Unreal was like right on its heels. And I was like, no, Ugh. this, you know, this online play yes. and um, yes. that first Unreal just changed my life, dude. Like I, it's all I thought about for such a long time. Like how much fun it was mm. just, to, just to kill your friends. <laughs> it was done so well. Kill um, your
1: friends that sounds spooky and I that love sounds... gears
3: too that was uh that was I was in a uh, uh, actually I'll tell you guys a funny story. Okay. Uh, I don't remember why, but on Xbox 360 days when gears first came out, and I can't remember why this was, but you would join like a static group and you would play competitively, right? And so where I worked at a bunch of us, you know, was into gear, So we had a competitive team that we named after the company that we worked at because that's where we all worked at. And
0: of course, yeah. After
3: work we would practice. And then, you know, I don't remember Friday, Saturday nights, we'd our competitive uh, ladder matches. But anyway, we were super into it. And uh, but for some reason at that time, they called it when you was in a group like that, it was called a clan, right? Yeah. So at work we were recruiting for more people and um, we had a spot open. <laughs> so I go up to this guy and like this is like right in the middle like all the office people, you know, it's like a break everybody's HR department everybody's there, right? And HR. I just walked up I walked up and I worded this so awfully. Oh, I God. walked up to the guy cuz I knew he played gears and I just said, "Hey man, we're having a clan meeting tonight if you want to come." And everybody was just yeah. like, "What?" No. And I was like, "No, no, no." no, no, no. Oh God. no, dude. There's some no. more Gears of War, <laughs> oh, Xbox no. 360.
0: community, no. our clan, our community, our clan <laughs> community. Not that kind oh, of clan. God. Oh it was no, so bad. dude! It was so bad, dude. Oh anyway, man, yeah, the, yeah, the
1: mistakes us. we make when we don't realize how what it, <laughs> it can also mean so innocently. You are like, dude, we're having a clan <laughs> meeting tonight. You gonna to be there? I can't wait. I am so excited. Brings, and they're like, excuse you me.
0: You are like, you are like, no, no, not like that. I, like guild, like our. our <laughs> <laughs> gamer stuff dude it's it's totally appropriate I swear it's not like that it's not my fault they called it that it's just our community that sounds even worse I don't know. I'm sorry C. Yeah,
2: <laughs>
0: you're like C-L-A-N not like any and they're like that's still a clan you're like not
3: that kind of clan not that kind of clan you just never call a group of people that right our like
0: positive the... gamer group that's what I'm trying
3: don't to tell you
1: that. right <laughs> dude talking about you know something spooky killing your friends in a game obviously um what are some of the best like we got to get in this we got the name of the episode is spooky like the uh, wheel of time i'm stoked you guys can't wait we've talked about a lot of great fun stuff and things uh renfield was talking about dune and talking about how it was faithful and i was like oh i like that word faithful it's like oath or justice or retribution those are words i like uh, they're not long, obviously, anyway, I digress. My point is, though, is he was like, oh, it's faithful to the book. I'm like, ooh, I really like a story that's really faithful to, to like the, the actual story. I can appreciate, though. Like, I can appreciate a story being different for a screen. I can't, I can't. If it's still well done, if the story still delivers on its own two feet, you know, using the foundation resource of the book or whatever, I'm okay with it being different. Right there's things in like The Witcher that I'm like watching it when I watch The Witcher show and I'm like I read that book and I'm like does not happen like that. This is still really great. It's really great. It's different. It's not the same thing. A lot of details are missing. You you miss out this whole element of context, you know that actually occurs in the book that you it's the Lord don't... of the Rings trilogy too. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, I've seen I've read some of the Lord of the Rings stuff and other Tolkien things in that same universe. And yeah, it's not a direct You know, I get people like are really diehard about it. I'm not one of those people. I just wanted to tell a good story. You know, it's a damn shame that when people make movies, sometimes, you know, they do a horrible job with it. Prince of Persia, I'm talking about you Mm because the the trilogy (laughs) for that game. Wait, 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 (laughs) wait. Are you
2: talking about the movie? You didn't like the movie? Hell no,
0: dude! They didn't even base it. They didn't even make it even remotely the same. It was like, you know what? You got the same. You got someone called a vizier. You got a
1: dagger, and you got a bottle of sand, and that's about it. Oh, and by the way, the prince uses the dagger to do the sand traveling thing, in it forward and backward in time. But it's not
0: the damn story. It's not even right. You didn't even do it. Right. And her name and the female. It, was it wasn't
3: even. It's not even fair. Nice. That's I why that never do was... a Legend of Zelda movie, and that, that's why you just, missed just, out just on an alone. epic.
0: You missed out on an epic love story,
1: dude. There, oh, and there's man. you missed out. It goes. Yeah. From, I, I am man. sim ranting. They're redeeming it. I'm gonna look. If you didn't know, if you didn't play the games, look. The The Prince of Persia: Sands of Time, The Warrior Within, and The Two Thrones. It was awesome. It was so good. It was such a good redemption story about consequences and mistakes. And like having to redeem yourself as a person who who was proud and all of these these elements, it told such a good story and the movie didn't deliver
2: on any of it. Yeah. Any I of treated it. it like I treated it like um I
1: played the shit out religiously, Renfill. That's probably my problem though. Uh,
2: that's true. See, I didn't I'm not a huge uh, franchise lover. I just I know of the games I've played a few So I I treated it like the Scorpion King. I I Mm. love from a popcorn perspective, the Scorpion King is a horribly cheesy movie with the rock in one of his earlier roles before he started calling himself Dwayne the Rock Johnson and he was just the rock. I love that movie. My wife and I can watch that movie like two, three times a year. It's just a fun popcorn flick. And the Prince of Persia one, we like it for the same reasons. It's just a generic I can't I watched it one. (laughs) never
1: thing. It it the thing is uh, is like it it's not like when they made it like this is different this isn't me being one of those people that is unforgiving because it's not exactly the same when i say they didn't follow the story really at all they really didn't and then you know what the salt on the wound is is when they're like remember when final fantasy 7 remake came out and we're like oh my god it's an actual remake of the game then then ubisoft had to go and do what they did and it is unforgivable for me. <laughs> okay. Then they went and said Prince of Persia remake. And it was literally a shit HD version. And I was like, You're dead to me. You're dead to me. I'm done. I'm done, man.
0: Yeah. I, I
3: can't. Yeah. And you know, you know why it hurts so bad? Oh, hurts such a so good bad. story because like as a gamer and you've experienced it right Yeah. And, and this, this is just my opinion and you 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 there you've got like family members and friends that don't play games you know they'll never experience that story or that kind of thing and then you hear there's a movie so then you get excited like cool other people are going to get to see how cool this franchise is because surely they're going to put these really cool things that made everybody love it in that too and then they don't and then you're like well mm-hmm. You just ruined the franchise to people who didn't know it was cool. Mm -hmm. beforehand, Right. Yes. That's why I heard. So, yes,
1: I am ranting. And you know what, Nathan, here's why they effed up with the movie. Okay. It's not like the Tolkien stuff. It's not like any of that stuff where it's like, okay, it's just the little, the things are different. It's like this. Imagine someone says, yo, Hey buddy, you love the legend of Zelda, huh? We're going to give you this epic movie on the legend of Zelda. And then they do it and it's about a a boy and his pony.
3: (laughs) Yeah.
2: Has anyone ever done? (laughs) (laughs) And the pony's
3: name is John. Dude, the there was The Legend of Zelda. There was a. It's not even a Fona. It's there... John, the, his <laughs> <queen>
0: <laughs> the donkey. The donkey. <laughs> you
1: know, they there was an animated show, The Legend of Zelda, back in the 80s, uh whenever yeah, it was on it really? Nintendo. Yeah, it was at the same time they had the Mario Brothers Super Show. And anybody remember the serial that was split down the middle with yeah. half Mario,
0: half Zelda? Anybody? Yeah. yeah.
3: Ooh, remember that shit? They charged poor parents like <laughs> triple the price. To I know, my the mom. Same shit. I think <laughs> yeah, we, my mom, think my we got
0: one
1: box of. I think we got one box of cereal, like ever, and that was that was all she wrote.
0: <laughs> it's like
1: this is way overpriced, kids. No,
3: <laughs> yeah, and you just look at the box, like as you're eating it, like yeah, I'm eating freaking Mario Brother cereal's the best thing ever, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like that was actually a pretty a pretty fair uh, perspective on the whole Prince of Persia thing, too. Was like it really was like that. Like if that Zelda comparison's like, dude, it's not like that at all. It's like exactly it's like you talk about the. that hey,
3: listen listen they... i've taken a lot of l's mm. on on ips i've taken in my life i've taken a lot <laughs> of l's right and i'm okay with it and i i can sleep at night right but i swear to god the legend of zelda is very special to me right like same my first- oh my god awesome right oh. on the nes played the first one loved
1: it you uh you heard that you noticed that his voice yeah, kind of cut out too. there That's how you know he goes full napalm because the mic can't process (laughs) what's going
0: on on the other side. (laughs) Happens every time.
3: (laughs) Okay, so it's so special to me. I swear to God, if somebody gets that and turns into some crappy movie dude, some piece of junk, and twists it up and makes it all Hollywood, right? I swear to God, man. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I will never. I don't care who does it. Whoever you are, your studio, your publisher, (laughs) the director, the producer, everybody, Hmm. I will swear to God I will go out of my way for the rest of my life to make sure nobody supports your ass ever again (laughs) because, dude, like there's just some things that are are sacred, you know, Uh, like Lord of the Rings is one of them. Don't fuck with Lord of the Rings. That's really old. That predates any of us, right? Like that shit was awesome before any of us were fucking born. Leave it alone. It's fucking perfect, right? It's it. Leave it alone, right? If you want to, if you want to do something that cool, um, uh, you know, and I understand when you're making a movie, you got to leave some parts out and all that, right? And we can we can all say, well, Tom Bombadil should have been in the, and I agree, oh, right? But right, you know,
1: a good that point. was his
3: decision. I can get over that, right? Sure. Just like, yeah, oh, true. You know, there was plenty of
2: good. Yeah, right? There was uh, an
1: Elven Hero guy that wasn't it too. It starts with a G. I forget his name right now offhand, but
2: it. <laughs> <Garfunkel. laughs> They replaced Glorfindel yeah, yeah. with Arwen. Exactly.
1: Yeah. To, th- right. this
2: day, to this day. Which is
1: okay. I'm okay with that. It was. It didn't I, kill I, me. I but... understand
2: why they made that decision. Because Fendel, they yeah. needed Aragorn to have a romance interest so they, they could have that be a more prominent part of the book. It was still a very important part of the real.
1: book. And she was real. She's Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's,
2: it's an important part of the book. But she was very much a background yeah. character. And they brought her to the forefront. Yep. And and from an adaption standpoint, right. I totally i'm okay with that same um yeah. especially when she catches him and she's like what's this a ranger cut off <laughs> right. <I'm> like what
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's got busted by a lady dude uh, <laughs> uh... He
2: did a good job with with how they yeah. introduced that and and i gotta admit like the whole you know the way i'm gonna get off on a tangent now. i need to shut it's up okay, it's okay. I, I really appreciated the way they did that romance uh, yeah i did too I, I tear up every time I watch those films, just the way they did it. and Yeah. Uh, uh. So, yes, adaptions can be good and can be done well.
1: You know, I think it's time to rename the show to the critics.
0: <laughs> do you all realize yeah. that's what we do? We literally are critiquing fucking do everything, of don't we? I'm like, oh, critics. my God, are we those people? We are. We are. <gasps> oh, my God. I, was, I became a critic. We're
1: all a critic. It's fine. We all do. We all, we all, we all do.
3: We all got to do it a little bit. We we do. We're passionate about this real quick before we move on. Right. (laughs) Was I the only one during that time period? Right. When Lord of the Rings first came out. Right. Was I the only one that was (laughs) a little bit kind of weirded out? I mean, he's a great actor and I think he did fine, but it was just the previous role he had played. It was just so awkward to see Elrond, uh, the agent from the Matrix suddenly as what a, a trip prestigious elf, and it was I've just seen, kind of like. <laughs> but it,
2: it, it didn't yeah. bother me because I had yeah. seen him in a ton of different roles. Yeah. If you've never seen he's Priscilla good. Queen of the Desert, you need to go watch Priscilla Queen oh, of the Desert. It, it is a he's brilliant so good, movie dude. with him and Guy Pierce and a the Neil before Zod. I can't remember his name. A oh,
1: right, a, yes, a
2: drag. They're they're drag queens in Australia, and it is oh it's such a good movie and they did such a good job but i i had seen hugo weaving in a lot of other films outside of the matrix so So it wasn't as as a shock for me that was my first like recognize his
3: face movie was the matrix and you know he had a very prominent very distinct role you know and um yeah he talked that way and all that stuff and so when i seen him because it wasn't that long you know it was it wasn't that long later like a couple of years later in lord of the rings came out and i saw him there as the right as elrond and i was like "Ah! oh dude he did, job, he did a good job,
1: though. A good job. When I, when I when I was because the only, first time I ever saw him in in movies was The Matrix first, and mm-hmm. then I saw him in Lord of the Rings, and my mouth legit dropped when I saw him. I was like, "Oh!" I was like, "It's it's the freaking
2: agent!" <laughs> I was yeah, like, "Oh my great, god,
1: yeah. he's so good at being bad and good. This is crazy awesome."
2: Yeah, I have I loved to, it. to live. I had have I've had to live with um that because my last name is Anderson. So I, all of the people I know, <laughs> like, I, I, I can't even tell you how many times. It's like an infinite, like every time I meet someone, oh, you got a cool name, Mr. Anderson. And I'm like, yeah. Heard that so many times. Oh, man. He, he
1: is, he's amazing though. That that He is such a good actor, man. Has,
2: have you guys seen Cloud Atlas?
1: Oh yeah. Yes. He's in yes. there too? Yeah.
2: Uh, yes, yeah. he does a lot of yes. uh, of Wachowskis' films. Um, Cloud Atlas, by the way. Side note: Tom oh. Hanks says that that's his favorite movie that he's ever acted in before. But both of those guys have amazing roles. Yes. in Cloud Atlas, it's such they a good do. film. They do. They uh, do. Oh, that, I
1: love that movie, dude. So good. Best
2: Tom Hanks movie. Don't care what
3: anybody says. Castaway? Mazes and Monsters. Oh, okay. Mazes and Monsters. Go watch it. You won't believe it. It's about, about the really. It's uh, not big. It's about the- I love big oh, it's growing not up big at all. He was like a nobody, <laughs> I, right? It was before big. It was before big. He's just uh, like really young and he's playing yeah, D&D. And he's like, he's so oh, addicted that he's like ruining his life. It's I so do. Good.
1: I did see that. But it was so long ago when I watched that one,
3: it came out. Forgot probably I'm going to assume around the time that everybody was trying to like, don't let your kids play D&D, <laughs> right, right? That was I, early I'm 80s or assume, something, right? Because like, it maybe? feels like it's like propagating that, right? Like right. how bad it can be <clears throat> this good kid.
1: Those were the days when Zelda, when people were like, "You can't play Zelda; it's a Satan's game," because that actually was a a big thing. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, I'm like so glad my mom and my grandmother weren't like Mario." Like, no,
3: Mario, the original Mario, Super Mario Brothers, got hit with a little bit with that too. Did you guys really? know that? It wasn't It wasn't as hardcore, no, didn't. but so the peace sign on the flag had this line all the way through. I don't remember the details, but it it meant something else. It was some other pagan symbol or something. They meant peace. They they obviously meant peace, but you know how it is. I forgot Uh, about
1: that. There was a little bit of a freak
3: out at that time, too. The Smurfs got a lot of slack, too.
1: Hold on. Favorite horror games, man. Favorite horror games or stories. Okay. Go. Hmm.
3: Dude, I'm going to have to go... Oh, Alien's a good one. Eh, that's a good one.
1: Oh shit, that's a really good choice. I, I,
3: I'm pulling mine back because you just said one way better.
0: So, <laughs> He's like, wait, hold on, I've never tracked my previous song. I'm
2: gonna have to think for a second because I can't plot mine out after that. I just think Ooh. that from a from a not the second one, not because aliens yeah. was a much more of a straight up kind of military science fiction film, but that first alien movie that yes. Scott did. And then the the subsequent mm. ones that he's done, like Prometheus, mm. uh, was, yeah,
1: fantastic. Prometheus, Prometheus was, was good.
2: That had some nasty shit in it. When yes. she got impregnated by the beast. And, Dude. Man, that was good. Like, you see, oh, did man. you see Covenant
1: after that? They're, he's he's yes. going through yes. Oh my god, I'm nerding about this a little bit because like yeah. did you know he's like really he's he's taking people on a journey right now to go talk yep. about like the what is it, the um the uh, uh what are they called? The
2: the, xenoph- the xenomorphs oh, yeah right. but it's ex- not the what, are
1: the, the, oh, the, the what they call the the
2: corporations
1: that what they call the the alien race it's like the uh yeah
2: the xenomorphs the, the xenomorph
3: yeah
1: well no it's like that pre-human whatever they're called the engineers thank you very much i was at the engineers oh, yeah. oh, thank you rabuda yes the engineers we're gonna go and like learn about like like that 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 uh home and all this stuff and they're like going he's going back that way i'm like oh that's 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 interesting i'm digging that idea mm.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Listen, nice. I, I got mine, okay? If we're talking about pure horror, if yeah. we're talking about like you watch it and it screws you up for a few days at the least, right? Okay. We have to go with the original, the original Exorcist, man. that's That fucks me yeah, up, man. that's, that's Oh, crazy. that messes me up, dude. And yeah. I, I was shown that when I was a kid, right? Uh, my dad was into demonology, he still is, but um, I kind of am too. But uh, anyway, <laughs> he showed me that when I was a kid and uh, <sighs> dude i if, that that changed the way oh i Christ. lived my life as a child man if the bed moved and i didn't know why i'm out you know i'm just like oh,
2: the bed moved what's up <laughs> <laughs> you, you
1: you bumped it homie like you know i yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. oh. i just
2: I, i've never gotten scared by like traditional movies like um you know the freddy friday the 13th yeah. or right. or jason those movies those don't yeah. scare me however it's i'll see one one movie that psychologically wrecked me mm-hmm. when I saw it in the theaters and it's not a horror movie at all, but there's a movie that um, M night Shyamalan did earlier on in his career with, with Mel Gibson called signs. And the reason that this movie Ooh, fucked me movie. so bad is because it was on a farm and I grew up on a dairy farm in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. in Missouri. And there's a scene early on in the movie. The where... alien one. Is this one? Yes. There's a scene in that movie yep. in the early part of the movie where he he's feeling something and it's middle of the night and he looks out and the camera pans up on top of the the peak of the barn building and all you see is this blackness this silhouette against the stars but you don't see anything it's just a lack yes. of light a lack of stars to this day that scene gives me goosebumps and also there's another scene when they're doing the like found footage you know the aliens are here and stuff's going on and there's a scene where somebody with like a camcorder like does a quick pan shot and it's like down the walking? side of a garage yep. yes alleyway dude walks down he the walks... alleyway and it's just a yeah. thing like
3: this and he's i he's remember at the that <laughs> yes, he looks sideways yes oh that That's... was so well done dude yes it... That, that looked like a real – because they like found it on the internet uh, or, or it was on the I've news, I think. Right now, Even yeah. watching watching that it now will still out. still
1: get you a yeah. little bit, too. Was, you
3: could take that clip and post it, which most people have seen the movie now, but mm-hmm. if they would have just released that clip like Into the Wild onto YouTube back then – Oh, uh, right. People would have believed it because that was so well done that it was like, oh, my God, like what is what in the hell is going on? And you know it, you're watching a movie, but it was so well done that for just a minute – the magic
2: messes. happens. You're like, oh, what the? Fuck I... that? You know, does anybody? You know, growing up on a farm in the middle of nowhere, Ooh. it was just there. Was times when yes. you wake up in the middle yeah. of the night and hearing it's just dead silent and there's nothing around. Then you yeah. Start yeah. hearing something. You're like, what the fuck yeah. is that? Yeah. yeah, I agree. Dude, there's you... nothing scarier
3: than spend the night out, sci-fi away from civilization.
1: You guys remember Sci-Fi Happens? It was the Sci-Fi Channel's yeah. little clips. It was like 99, maybe 98, 99 or something. And they, they would post these clips and it was like sci-fi happened. And it was literally like, you'd be watching like something on sci-fi channel and it would be this thing. And you were like, what the hell is this? And it was like, there would be like this thing up in the top of like a city and it would like zip across and then come shoot by like the camera and people like, Oh my God or whatever. And it was like a UFO or something. And then you would have one where like someone like, spontaneously combusts and stuff or they're like they get hit by lightning and then something happens you're like what and it looks like it was real it it was real well that was the thing it was like sci-fi happens you didn't know so they were like Uh so probably they created them all but here's my here's my number one creepy one which is why this ties into why little creatures that are small or kids or gnomes or stuff like that i'm not a fan of right so there's like this image i shared not too long ago with someone so we've got my brothers haven't i'll get to this point in a little bit here um pet cemetery oh, i, didn't, I didn't the original the original one i didn't like yeah it. no no it makes okay fuck the remake's no.
2: okay uh mm-hmm. my wife watched the remake with me and she had never nope. seen the original and we got done with it and she's like what the fuck did you just make me watch no nope. <laughs> <Nope>. pet <laughs> yeah, cemetery that's, that's, a,
0: that's a good one nope
3: Hell I want no. to name another one. I want Charles' nope. opinion on this one. House of a Thousand Corpses, man. Oh, That's pretty, pretty yeah. No, here's
2: the thing. I, that was less for me, less of a horror movie, and more of a yeah. gore fest. Because it's yes. But, yeah, it, but bro, you still feel kind of dirty, because you're, yes, yeah, you're, you're kind of rooting for the bad, bad guys,
3: right? Like, yeah. It's weird, because it doesn't start you out as they're the main characters. You meet them way later in the movie, and they're never doing anything good, but somehow... By the end, you kind of are wanting them to catch the people and kill them. You know what I mean? And so when it's over, you just feel so dirty. You know, it's over. And you're just like, "Hmm, what's wrong?" Yeah. with Yeah.
1: You know, like, <laughs> ooh the the Let's last last house on the left re- redo with like I think Liv Tyler yeah. in it and what's his name from? Uh, oh, I forget. I forget his name. Scott, is Scott Speedman or something like that. Maybe it was. I think it's the the last house on the left or whatever. That one that was like, oh, that was that was that was, that was like early two thousands. That was pretty brutal, man. But <clears throat> I'm going to tell you the thing is, is like little like kids, gnomes, stuff like that. Like things that, you know, normally you don't think are going to be like really creepy, like being really creepy. That stuff like, I'm not a fan of. So my my family knows I don't really like the garden o- garden. O- garden is, I think there's something creepy about them. I don't think they're cool. Yeah. I, I like in, I smash thing, them on site in games. I don't know. It just wigs me yeah. out. This is probably going to get me. I'm going to have to probably deal with some bullshit from happy people out there because I'm even sharing this, but I don't care. I'm going <laughs> to share it because I'm being me. Uh, we've got this like shared Netflix account, right? And we have these avatars on there and mm-hmm. you got like mine's like the daredevil. and We all like share this one account or whatever, right? You got like the daredevil and you got like this and that. And then you got my youngest brother, Baz, and his is for the lols and he knows that if I go to access this, I'm going to see this image and be like, what the fuck? Why? Why are you doing this to me? It's a little <laughs> female gnome in this awkward position, all like this or whatever. <laughs> it's, all like, it's all like, oh, like that or whatever. It's like, oh, with a little gnome hat on. And I'm just like, oh, so creepy, dude. Every time I see it, it's not like if I walk into a room and I see a guard gnome, I'll be like, oh, you know, and I'm going to get scared and like run or anything. But I'm going to stop and I'm going to look at it. Like I need to be like questioning what what's going on. Why is this in the room? You know, oh I just realized my worst nightmare happening.
2: I don't like clowns so much, mm. but it, they don't they don't really it's I don't have a phobia no. of clowns. I just I find yeah. clown, clowns creepy. Yes. And when I first saw it as a kid, um the movie It, um Ooh. because my parents would never have let me watch that movie, yeah. but I watched it with some friends when I was staying over at their house. All right. And um that movie was disturbing to watch because tim curry was like the master of of facial contortions and
3: yeah and and and
2: the way that movie was done um the remake's okay but not I, i still think there's there's something for that original one but it's just yeah there was um I'm trying to think – I've watched some really stupid horror movies. What, what's the one that Paris Hilton was in? It was like something oh. – like House of Wax or something like that. Uh, like, oh,
1: I, yeah, that one. Like yeah, I've seen a
2: lot of those stupid slasher yeah. films. Okay, here's another one. Here's another one, um, which is less of a horror movie. And the reason it got me is because when I first started traveling abroad, I used to stay in hostels a lot. That first oh, hostel yeah. that was a good was one. Yeah. fucked me up so hardcore cuz I was like I'm never staying in hostels ever again. Like <laughs> screw this shit. Like I'm staying in hotels. I don't care if it's an extra 50 bucks yeah, a night. Nope. Like I would like to keep my body parts, you know, where they are. Um and 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 to this day everyone everyone talks about the the logging truck in the Final Destination film. Like no yeah. one will ever drive oh, behind right. a truck. Oh yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, that ruined
3: that. Team. Yeah, that ruined mm. that. I think of that scene every single time I'm behind one. The uh, I, Here's one I don't know if you guys have seen. It's called The House of the Devil. That's a good I one. I have seen that one. Seen that? It's a classic. That I think either. it's on Netflix. I'm pretty sure. Uh, that's worth watching, man. It's like a 80s horror movie throwback, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, super good. Super
1: good. I, uh, I have one one spooky thing to share with everybody that's watching. And I've shared this with some people on my stream and stuff before. This is my one spooky mask. I will always keep a little snug around the eye sockets, but it's actually quite nice and it looks really good. And Ooh, this is nice. This one was like relatively inexpensive and it's just like this. I'm a murderous little gob hobgoblin or something. Yeah, it's like know, a like, hobgoblin thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually super, super good, super cheap. It's didn't cost a lot, but man, it, it that's my one mask that that works, that I can wear. Um, don't worry, I won't be wearing it around uh, Sunday when we did podcasting on that day after the other show. <laughs> I
2: don't. No, I was trying but... to think like I I can't think of a single like <laughs> vampire or werewolf movie that has ever scared me. It's always been like yeah. more supernatural stuff, like the alien Dude... thing in Signs or the aliens and the first. Yeah. I gotta I gotta admit that it's kind of. Uh, it's old, right? It's so
3: old that like there's not even voice acting. the 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 words come up on the screen, right? But if if you really get in the mood and it's it's nighttime and you're alone and you watch Nosferatu, that's pretty yeah, freaking so, crazy. oh yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, okay.
3: Have
2: you have you guys ever seen Shadow of a Vampire with Willem Dafoe? Oh no, I don't
1: think that it's one. It's not
2: a it's not a horror movie. It's a very quirky, but it's kind of based around the Nosferatu. Oh, okay. Uh, Production and the guy who they pine to play the vampire is actually really a vampire, and Willem Dafoe plays this old decrepit vampire who's like in the last dregs of his life. And there's this one scene where he gets drunk on the beach, and he's just like mm-hmm. talking about how he's like, because cast members start disappearing, <laughs> and and he's like confiding in this person. He's like, I I I drink blood like an old man beast. Sometimes in little drops, and other times all at once. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just this really quirky, kind of dark comedy called "The uh, Shadow of a Vampire," and I, I'm pretty sure it revolves around the production of, of Nosferatu, if I'm not mistaken.
3: Um, probably the best movie for vampires is probably Lost Boys, right? That's a good one.
2: It's good, but I I always come back to Bram Stoker's Dracula. I that's really, a classic, yeah. it I
0: really love, is.
2: I love that rendition. And yes, the uh Keanu Reeves is pretty bad in it, but I think we even talked about this a few weeks ago because I just watched it with my wife recently. I feel like it was well um, done
1: overall, though. I really do.
2: Yeah, some of the yeah. um um Anthony <laughs> Hopkins as uh Van Helsing is still my favorite part of that movie. Yeah. Just his accent and the way he just Yeah. <laughs> just he's always like very enthusiastic <laughs> about cutting open corpses and hunting vampires. He's like it's called kill Vampire, yeah. <laughs> um but uh I still can't think of any vampire movies that have ever given me like the creeps like they're they're never that scary to me it's the yeah uh
3: so I see in chat I see in chat um uh saying that you like unsettling movies um you should go check out if you haven't already good night mommy what? that is a really disturbing what? creepy like I, I can't even tell you because it'll give it away. Just don't even look up a trailer. Just go watch it. Oh. It's a good movie. Has a crazy twist. And just the, it, just
2: the poster looks creepiest.
3: Yeah. It. Just trust me. That's, that's Jeez, a creepy. If man. you like to be unsettled, you will be unsettled from like 10 minutes deep until the movie's over.
1: Good night, uh, mommy. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good. All right, one. I'm going to save that one. Cause I mean, look, I'm, I'm all about getting, getting the shit scared out of me. It's not easy. For that to actually wow, that's 2014. That one, yeah, not uh, even that long ago, huh? Yeah, I like a good scary movie. Yeah, I like I like things like that. But you know, you know, one movie that did like kind of unsettle me a little bit, and I don't really know why. And actually, Willem Dafoe is in that one too. Is it called The Last Temptations of Jesus Christ? Was that one,
2: or just The Last Temptations of Christ? Is, is that it's what's it's called? The, I can't Willem remember
1: Defoe? the yeah exact title. Yeah, is that it? Something yeah, about that one was just like it just.
2: It, well, that was mostly. Because yeah. uh, wasn't that um, was that Scorsese who directed that?
1: I don't um, remember. Yeah. It's been a while, 10, but it was unsettling when I watched it. It wasn't even like it was like really like wasn't like really you know really yeah, was graphic kind of or anything. That. Just something about the atmosphere in that was just like very unsettling.
2: Well, about Defoe also it. played Jesus <clears throat> as a very different character than most most other films have have deified him yeah and defoe played him as a very sexual individual as Mm -hmm. a very normal person um but yeah that's i was i i haven't seen that in years um i can't believe i remembered that that was scorsese who directed that um that was a lucky guess i feel like
1: yeah, man, dude. So many One of the so other many movies that
2: freaked me out a little bit. If you've ever seen uh, Stigmata with um, mm-hmm. Patricia Arquette, yes,
1: that's good. Ooh.
2: I, I used to have a VHS of that, I probably watched that 15, 20 times because right. I got fascinated in that era of my life with with research on the stigmata and, you know, all the things that the Vatican
0: keeps in their
2: vaults and like the hidden apocryphal, you know, all of the, the hidden gospels and everything else. There was a, I was obsessed with that kind of stuff for a good four or five years. And that movie was never, it wasn't quite creepy, but there were moments in it where it was like, Ooh, you know, there was, there was some things that happened that kind of gave me the chills. Uh, Yeah. It was really good
3: for its time too. Like for that time, that was a really, uh, really high quality movie i liked that one a lot too back then
1: i'm trying to think of uh what was that one called oh the blob i know it's a horrible movie but when mm-hmm. i was a kid i was <laughs> young when that came out right and i had a i have i had a i have a father you know uh who you know back when we were younger he didn't exactly make good choices with, with being parent you know what i mean And one of, Mm -hmm. you know, so he would be like, oh, okay. Uh, Night of the Living Dead's on TV. My kids can sit here and watch this. All kinds of stuff in that movie we shouldn't have seen as like five, six years or whatever old, right? The Blob, literally, I remember there was like the, uh, my dad at the time, his wife or whatever, his step or whatever, had a kid. And this this guy was like, you know, grown adult, right? And this guy was like, our dad was like, it would take him to see Bambi. Or whatever and we didn't really like want to watch bambi but it was like all right i guess we're gonna go watch bambi was taking us and he took us in to watch the blob instead and so we were like all i remember was like this blob rolling around a city with these people in it going, Aah! you know like trying to like you know whatever they're all like stuck in this blob being roll over on and i'm just like yeah never be the same again
2: yeah, I've never, never be, even I've been the same again. Man. Yeah, I've never seen that ever.
3: It's 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 old, it's like, old, yeah, yeah, it says
2: 1958. Yeah, it's like one of
3: the classic horror movies. Swamp Thing, somebody mentioned that was a good one when I was a kid, that really freaked me out as a child. Oh, oh man. that brings
2: up, um, what was the one with Kurt Russell in Antarctica? Uh, The Thing, The Thing, oh,
3: that was yeah. a good one.
2: That's actually one that, that was, game was good too. Yeah. The PS2 game, you
3: remember that where basically just the movie it, but yeah any of the, so you were like in a party of people and you had to use them to do different things dark or whatever thing, but yeah. one of them dark one of them was the yeah. thing but you didn't know which one it was and if you acted crazy they would think you were the thing and they'd kill you
1: wait so this uh, is like this is interesting like, game wait is this how among us came into being
3: it, it yeah kind of is
1: yeah in- interesting yes that's very interesting yeah, very
3: sus yeah if you act sus, access like, it it, it, and it was funny because you're playing a game. So there's things you do in games that are normal for playing a game. Like you'll go back to the same room and double check the same door. Like, wait, oh, did I check this funny. door? But if you do too much of that in the game, they'll be like, oh, there's something weird with this guy.
1: Hey, you're not completing your tasks, man. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, What are you doing checking that door again?
1: <laughs> uh, I, I, hey, you're standing by the key Sus- code, but I don't see you typing any buttons, man. Sus, homie. <laughs> no, dude. You, you're, you're something. Something's up with you look here's what i here's the question i pose for for all our fellow listeners or viewers later halloween's coming up man is one of my favorite holidays i love all the things that go bump in the night nothing like the leaves falling off the trees the rustling outside it definitely had that vibe today man it was it's getting cooler here cooling off i know nathan's like hashtag depressing i'm like hashtag awesome nice cooler weather fires nice cold beer you know i mean watch a little you know scary this and that got a jack-o-lantern going I candle the background going because this is my jam dude right ignore the red lights because it's not you know it's nothing like crazy just like i just like the color red there's nothing bad right nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with those colors either people around here like to sometimes frame that it means something it doesn't (laughs) it doesn't mean anything neither does the couch by the way, <laughs> no matter what that guy tells you. Yeah, okay? guys.
3: Listen, I'm gonna come clean. All right. Oh, I'm no. Come clean. The couch doesn't mean anything anymore. Okay. <laughs> quit doing all that. What do you mean? He's a different man now.
2: <laughs> so if anybody else,
3: uh, anybody, anybody else comes on the show, they didn't that didn't happen, you know.
1: You know what's really funny about that is uh you, You started when you, when you led with that, it actually sounded like I'm going to just tell you all this isn't authentic, but instead it just sounds like you're reinforcing this false narrative. (laughs) <laughs> right? <laughs> but we'll leave it there. It's not true by the way, everybody. You got to ch- you got to make good choices. You have to choose who you believe to. And I kind of can't help but wonder if this is
0: what I can expect from you in our D&D sessions,
3: Nathan. I don't really know. No, no, what's no, going no, on. no. I'm <laughs> role playing. No, I'm role <laughs> playing the uh, the just warrior. Uh, or I'm sorry, I keep saying warrior. The just fighter. Um uh, so, no worries. Oh, too no worries.
1: good, man. Well, you know what? <laughs> We've had another nice long show. I, I don't really know what to say. They're just kind of uh, turning out that way these days. But, gentlemen, I, we're about to wind this one down. It's been a hell of a con- hell of a time, hell of a conversation today. Why don't you all shout out your domains where people can find you when they're not on the show until next Thursday? Gentlemen, Redfield?
2: Um. Mine's gonna be a little bit different today because yes. I want to promote the shit out of the do stuff. so everybody should go check out the trailer um, that we dropped in channel. I'm sure it'll end up somewhere in yes. everybody's discords at some point. There That's is a so link wow. at the end of that demo um, to go download the uh, the demo itself. It's a it's our newsletter link. sign up to the newsletter yes. and you'll get an automatic email sent to you. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Go download the demo and let us know what you think. Um, we're looking for feedback. You know, We've been working on it for the better part of six, well, about eight months now in total. Um, and we want to know what people think. Love to hear your feedback on that. Go check it out. Um, if you want to stream it, any of you out there, if you want to stream it, if you want to make a YouTube video around it, go for it. Let me know when you're going to stream it, and I can probably make myself available to come hang out with you yeah. and, and answer questions and chat and stuff. Um, but yeah, go nuts, go have fun with that, download it, let me know what you think. And everything else can be found at the new Patreon address, which is patreon.com forward slash wandering hermits, which is the name of our company that we yeah. spun up around Weave in the Void. So if you want to go pre-order the game, you can pre-order it there. You can also get access to the monthly book chapters that come out twice a month, that all the behind-the-scenes stuff on tabletop uh maps and everything else. Like I said, mm-hmm. we got over a hundred updates from the last six months. So check it out.
1: Yes, and uh Nathan.
3: Yeah, you can find me, of course, on youtube.com uh forward slash the Nathan Napalm uh where it's RPG content. And um I'm gonna start doing some uh beginner guides to Dungeons and Dragons here uh, within the next couple days as well. Um one thing I want to note guys uh, about if you want to get that that uh, that demo is uh, make sure you go. Uh, the link is in the description. Yep. Sign up for the newsletter, confirm your email address. You know, you get a little email, make sure it's really your email address. And then it uh, takes a couple of minutes, and then you'll get another uh, email um, uh, from them that has the download link in it.
2: Okay. Yes. Oh, and one other quick thing before I forget. Um, we do have a new Twitch channel, which is where we're going to be streaming mm. our upcoming D&D adventures. So if you want to check that out, sure. it's twitch.tv forward slash weave void. Yeah. But that's yeah. also all the links are over on the Patreon if you want to check it out there. there but um, we are going to be streaming over there here in the next two, three weeks.
1: Yes. And can I share the uh, yeah, you I'll share. I'll share things. the two links. Yeah, I'm going to share those. So, OK, everybody in the variety channel on our discord. Uh, you go over there. I've actually posted the video. With the uh, teaser that we watched today, it's there. You can share it with all your homies. Um, you can go to the download in the description, like Nathan and uh, Redfield had mentioned. I also linked the Twitch and YouTube channels, respectively, separately from the actual video, which is also on said YouTube channel. So there they are, they're all in variety. Yeah,
2: if we get to 100, we have to get to 100 yeah. before I can customize that URL. So everybody go subscribe.
1: There you go, drop, drop. Yeah. yes,
3: yeah.
1: And so, wait a
2: minute, yeah, D- wait, uh. Mm-hmm.
3: are we talking about the um the twitch channel that we'll be streaming yes. on is that, no, that, okay. one's, that one's
2: already there um but it to, okay. to yeah. customize there the is. google uh url for youtube we got to get 100 subscribers on YouTube. oh sorry so right right subscribe right, at right. all the places
1: <laughs> gotcha, go. gotcha. linked them both as well Thanks. perfect got them got them squared away we'll definitely be sharing and as we're kind of getting closer to time you'll you'll see me kind of promoting it more you know more often and kind of talking about it and sharing it more on like live streams and stuff like that too so if you're here in this community specifically yeah just go to the variety channel uh go to the announcement channel um you'll see some stuff that's been posted already and as we get closer to time kind of look for more of that as well um gentlemen been a good time really really love that background map dude really do renfield that's very very clean i like it and uh i've got a
2: hand-drawn and, version somewhere but uh I, I really like incarnate and uh yeah. i ended up putting a lot of time into this but i'm still i'm gonna commission a uh, there's an artist i'm not gonna do it yet she, mm-hmm. she charges about five thousand dollars but oh, my um, God. there's an artist in italy who does really amazing hand-painted uh, i mean i'm talking full-on wall mural type mm-hmm. things that just it's worth the thousands of dollars so that's that's on the back of my uh wish list at the moment but in the meantime i'm i'm happy with my uh, i've got this i'm happy with that one there is an 8k version up on patreon for the people who really want to go whole hog so there you
1: go you want to go nuts that's it everybody so i am going to wind us down friends catch us again next thursday 5 p.m cdt um, we'll keep you uh, up to date on everything as we get closer to the D and D sessions that are going to be coming up. Gentlemen, it's always a pleasure. All right. It's been a great one. I want y'all to have a great night. Everyone walk in the light, stay safe out there. We'll see you again real soon, but good night, everybody.